Hello and welcome to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar, and with me today is Luke and Ralph. That's right. Uh, boys are back for the last time, at least in our before the break. I was going to say our fiscal year, but we don't make money. Um, but during our break, Wait, I make money. Not for the show. We don't. Yeah, I do. Amazon no, we... gets me a nice check once in a while. <laughs> then we need to talk. <laughs> I need to get my lawyer. Um, okay. This I is don't episode show for free. number 194. And we will be doing another, our last, our third top 10 show, which is going to be uh, the best discoveries in 2023. Uh, real quick, I'm going to describe, no, not me, I'm actually going to send it to Luke. Luke, I think you need more than anyone here to describe us what we mean by discoveries <sighs> in 2023. Like, what okay. does that mean? So we found out that this is only my third time ever doing a discovery I show. I didn't say that. I said it's been the four years before last time. Yeah, so, it's, so I was a little rusty last time, but I think I got the gist of it this time. <laughs> you mean because we yelled at you? <laughs> <laughs> A little, a little rusty by me. I cheated half the way. Half. A solid half. A solid half. So, anyway. continue. I wasn't going to say all that, but you, you started with the Discoveries are going to be things mm-hmm. that we discovered in the year of 2023, in the year of our Lord, 2023, uh-huh. that we had, that had come out prior to the year of our Lord, 2023. Right. So, the whole purpose is to highlight and what... It could be... A multitude of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, it I could be it music. Yeah. It could be TV. It could be a movie. It could be a book. It could be even be an experience. A personal experience, yes. Ralph has had a couple of those. Still uh, got one this year. Oh, cool. Um, I remember when you put fatherhood in, in one of them, <laughs> I think, or some version of fatherhood, you said. Ooh, can in I put... A, no. yeah. An earlier one, way earlier. Yeah. Um. Uh, so that was cool. I, I never put those myself, but uh, they are. That's cool. Uh, I personally like to lean into lists that that people, other people, can enjoy as well. So, like, I try to put something there that um, others can. Um, well, listen, out. Oscar. Some people actually enjoy fatherhood. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, but you can't well, go. That's to a kind of what you're store. saying. You can order fatherhood on Amazon.com. As you my could. Point. No, you can't. Show now. No, oh, that's no. parenthood. Never mind. Wow, you <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, um, and uh, uh, the purpose of this is to highlight. Uh, things that we do throughout the year that we, because we, we're always finding out new things. We always talk about the new stuff, of course, the new of that year, the new of that month where we're recording stuff. But it's always good to see what else we're discovering along the way. And it helps to highlight things that have come out as, you know, as old as time or as something that came out a year previous that we missed, you know, from the current year, you know. That happens a bunch of times too, where we were out like, oh man, I didn't get to see this movie. For the top 10, but I'll see it this year. And if it's good enough, it'll make my discoveries, right? Um, things like that. It's a way to highlight things that we missed. Uh, so with that in mind, um, I'm going to ask you guys a couple things. The, the order is going to be, what do we say? It's going to be Luke. Me. And then so. Oscar, me. And then Roth, right? Me. Him. That's right. That's going to be the order. Me, uh, me, and me. I'm saying it out loud so I won't forget. I guess I'm going to forget. I think. Yeah. Oh, you're going to forget. I'm gonna For sure. Forget. It's going to happen forgetfulness will happen so real quick how was it like i mean i know it's hard to describe because this is a very personal list every list should be different than this we all discover different things we're all interested in different things um we all lead different lives for the most part so 
Um, anyone who wants to say anything about what, like, the amounts, the volume of discoveries you made, anything you leaned a lot more into than other stuff in the previous years, anything at all you want to you wanna highlight in, in subject matter here? Yes. Okay, like what? I read more books this year. That's right, you did. Proud of you. Yeah. You know Granted, how many? Do not, you have a count? I did, uh, yes. So I started the goal with a very ambi- I started the year with a very ambitious goal of twenty four books, two a month. And up until okay. June I was meeting or exceeding that goal, then I kinda fell off. Now mind you, he bought all of Dr. Seuss's books. Those and they do those. technically count. I'm not gonna bitch him on that, but it, that's pretty no, they would, low bar. N- none of those, none of those. I even had this internal debate about do those manga count as an actual book or not? Yeah, I, I think so. It does. I mean, I they're can pretty slam hefty. through a manga in like five minutes. No, you First can't. of all, I don't slam First it in all, five minutes. If it takes you five minutes to go through a manga, you probably didn't enjoy any of it. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you have to kind of read and look at the illustrations. Okay, 15 understand. minutes. Okay. If it's they, an action manga, it's like three pages or a punch, you know? It's like, okay. Dude, they all have well, movement I've, as action. I've spent like five minutes on a page before just to like see how badass everything looked. That's true. That happens too. Anyway, anyway, um, anyway. But I, I think that would count though. Nonetheless. Oh, I, I have none of those. But anyway, I ended up the year with uh, 14 books read. Hey, hey. That's more than the national medium. What is Median? the national medium? I don't know, but it's lower. Trust me. <laughs> so anyway, so I figured the year before I only did seven because I started late. So I did 14 uh-huh. last year. So my new goal this year is 21. Okay. Pretty good. I actually got, I already finished my second book. Uh, in the new year, you mean? Yeah, hop on pop, man. Right on, right on. Uh, I haven't finished my first of the year yet, but uh, I'm getting there. I always end up like 30-something, 40-something. Sometimes 60-something. I don't know. It depends. Um, I'm not rushing it, though. Uh, anyway, okay. what happened to last connection? Can we hear you, Rob? Can you say something? Yeah, we cannot hear him, probably. Um, anyway, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll see what Technical he... Technical difficulties. Uh, as for me, uh, I played a lot more games than most years. I really yeah, you, did. You like, played way more than I did, even. Yeah, I, when we showed each other the list, right the the year end, right. I had a lot right. more hours than than some of you guys, and I didn't expect that because I always consider you guys as big gamers, our friend group. Um, and I'm not saying I beat the record or anything out of everyone, you know, but I did a lot more than I thought I did when I yeah. saw the number, like the hours. I'm like, man, I did play a lot of games. I like, just, I just very my least amount of gaming this year, <laughs> dude. I, my last six months on the PS5 were mm-hmm. non-existent. I had nothing recorded. The only thing I didn't <laughs> play on much. was the the Switch. Very much, I barely did the Switch at all. That that console is the death of me. I touch it the least, but I pay, but I buy the most on it. Uh, I wouldn't say that for me, but I, I do want to like jump jump in on that more this year and use it more often for sure. I want you should see my game collection if you want to borrow anything physical. Oh sure, I would love to. Um, or send me a, a list of what games you have. Anyway, um, that's too much work. That's I mean, as much as I love as much as I love making Excel, uh, Excel spreadsheets. Uh, take a picture then. Work. That's much easier, I assume. So multiple pictures. Oh, fine, take pictures. Um, anyway. Uh, so I did a lot more gaming this year. So gaming is going to be very prominent in my top 10 because, you know, I played so much of it and a lot of them did hit me really well as far as entertainment and, and some sort of impact that it let me. Uh, but uh, books always, obviously, of course, uh, but a, a smattering, a similar smattering. And then nothing, uh, nothing outlandish came up 
this year other than the fact that I gained a lot more than I expected. I don't know if that's a symptom of um, depression or whatever. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> like oftentimes I'll be like, I just don't want to do anything. So I just turn on a game. You know, that's probably a sign of depression. You know, like Oh, that, really? Um, For me, it's be, I, I wouldn't want to play a game. So I'd probably watch TV. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, sometimes the TV, sure, if I'm rewatching something. But like oftentimes it's... If I'm do if I'm playing a game, I feel like I'm doing something when I'm not doing something, you know. Uh, then it is to just sit there and watch something, you know. It's different. Like if I'm sitting there watching something and playing a game on my phone or something, uh, I said something like fifty times. Um, Roth, anything you want to say about the year? Yeah, I read nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I doesn't lie. I read stuff. I just I borrowed just that book. Finished. What? I just borrowed that book. You didn't read it. Which book? Hop on Pop. Uzumaki. No. Damn it! Uh, I started a lot of things and I never finished. I never got around to it. It's always like the you know it's funny and it's also like my least gaming year. I do have games on my list, but it's my least gaming. I normally play a lot more. Um, this year was also very a very homebody year. I was just more at home with my wife and my son, very much in that aspect. Um, so yeah, there's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of new things to deal with. A lot of stuff to go through. So yeah, my year was very uh, TV heavy this year. I watched more TV than I've ever watched in my life. I think. Nice. Um, what's it called? Uh, like TV shows, movies. I I always teeter around the seventy, eighty new movies a year, give or take. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but TV. I mean, I think I showed you my list. I think I added like three more shows that I didn't even know I had on there. Still after the fact. I remember that was a long uh, show. I, I didn't expect it to be that long, but my uh, uh, my list, right? You didn't expect it to. I didn't expect it to be that long either. Then when I started making the list, I was like, "Oh, I'm well over 20. I thought I had like twenty five at most. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had like almost fifty, if not yeah, forty to fifty shows. Um, yep. Yeah, I just watched a lot of shows, a lot of shows. Um, so shows are prominent as well in my in mind. Um, yeah, but it's just my list. It's to be honest with you, my list is so. Nothing really matters on the list, number-wise, to be brutally honest. Um, it's just oh. how I feel about it in the moment. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like this is kind of the easiest list to make. I made this first before yeah, I, I wish, did the other Yeah, ones. the only thing I wish I do, uh, luckily I, I keep track of like what I watch. But um, I was asking like my wife, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something that I did this year that I've never done any other year. Oh yeah, this is also the e- the things that the easiest list to miss out on things you like you you might forget because you might forget. Yeah, that's really what it is. So. You know, you don't think to write it down. Somewhere. No, I just don't write it. That's the other issue. And I always tell myself I should start the list when I think about something, mm-hmm. but I never do. Okay. Um, speaking of that, I have to start my my letterbox list for the year already because I saw my first movie of the year. So yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I already saw three. I've been really at it. Yeah, no, four, Shit, I've, four. I've seen zero this month. Four. I saw the beekeeper. That was fun. I, 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 I want to see that. that. Did you not invite me to Mean Girls? Also, did you watch it? Already? I did not watch Mean Girls yet. Do you oh. want to watch Mean Girls together? Oh. Yeah, we can. I wasn't gonna see it. I lied I to my son today, and I was like, "We saw. I saw Migration. That was my first movie." And um, oh, I'm seeing that. Yeah, and uh, it was fun. And I saw, and I was like, "We're gonna watch Mean Girls." And he's like. Are we? And I was like, no. I mean, my Ashley's like, no, we're gonna watch Migration. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, I mean, get ready to sing and Mean Girls like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like, it's Mean Girls heavy. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I saw. No, I managed to catch up on the three movies that came out literally right in January that are like that are considered to be from last year. So I saw Origin, Zone of Interest, and I saw All of Us Strangers. I'm trying Basically to back look to back to back. I might I might go back to the Zone of Interest. Well, that's what I did last year. Last year I saw. 
I think the first three movies I saw were movies from last year. <laughs> Yeah, from the year prior, uh-huh. so I was like, it just you just need to because sometimes and they're all they're all really good in their own way. Right, right, right. Of course, yeah, I've heard in all the other top ten podcasts. That I've heard. I would say two of those three might more have made my top ten. Oh, really? Yeah, so Zone of Interest is the one I'm inter- most interested in mm-hmm. to watch. I mean, Origin, man. Yeah, what? yeah. I you mean, know, all, I'm more, I'm more all, interested yeah. in also is like Past Lives. I still have to watch it, but I'm waiting for Luke to buy it too. Uh, that's right. Bye, Luke. I do own it, but thank you. It's Lionsgate, so it's not on uh, movies anywhere. Yeah, that means you have to give me your hard copy. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I could uh, drop it off because I got your Christmas gift. So yeah, I could drop it off then. Okay. Anyway, anywho, anyway, let's get into our top ten. Um, we did a lot of preamble there, so let's do our top ten um, discoveries in twenty twenty three. We're gonna start off with Luke here. Luke, what is your number ten? And any caveats if you want to mention? Go nuts. You don't have to. Planners peanuts. Yes. All right. No, no caveats. Nothing like that. Um, like, this technically came out in. No, 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 <laughs> none of that. The first episode was twenty twenty two, but the rest of them were in twenty twenty three. That can count. It can technically, yeah. We fucked but up. No, get like, I saw this uh, Sundance movie. It's not coming out to 2026. It's like, <laughs> you're so in advance. You're so, you go, go the opposite, opposite direction. We're yeah, in the future. So I technically could have done that with the documentary that mm. is still doing the festival circuit. So, yeah. But no. All right. Number 10. I feel bad because I said Amazon's paying me, but because it is this. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Oppie. Oh, nice. shortlist. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A uh, film follows Opportunity, the Mars exploration rover, affectionately dubbed Oppie by her creators and scientists at NASA. Oppie was originally expected to live only for ninety days, but she ultimately explored Mars for nearly fifteen years. Goddamn cool. that little robot! Pretty cool. Yes, shell. I am a shell now. I am a shell for technology. And man, I believe if we we need to give NASA a budget way bigger than they have, because they pull off shit like this. I, I agree. I, I agree with you. So, yep. uh, I honestly, I, I had I loved the little robot. I don't know how you could love a, a, a an item that you don't even know about until it's presented to you. That thing was awesome. You mean they both robots, going. right? Yeah, but uh, Oppy outlasted. What is it, Spirit? Spirit? I thought it was like uh, in the. No, you're right. It is spirit. You're right. I so, think so. Yeah. yeah, great documentary. I want that Lego. Awesome CGI and mm-hmm. you know how everything was made. It's, I don't know. It spoke to the nerd in me. Yes, I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, this is one of those uh, documentaries that feels like a, man. This feels like a Pixar movie. Like it could be a right? Pixar movie so easily. Um, you know. <laughs> what are you anyway. waiting for, Pixar? I know, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day. Anyway, that's your number ten. Uh, Good night, Oppie. It's a documentary. It should be said. It is a documentary and on it's Amazon on Prime. Prime. Mm-hmm. Just what you should say that. Uh, all right, uh, I'm next here. My number ten is a book. It is. Uh, it's called Nosferatu. Has anyone heard of it? Of course. Not that, Not what you think. Not the oh, movie. Okay. Oh not, no. Okay. <laughs> Nosferatu is uh, it's 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 spelled like a license plate, so it's N O S the number four A and then the number two, Nosferatu like that. Um, let me read the description here. 
Uh, okay, I'm trying to find a small one here because there's so many. Uh, the story jumps between timelines, but it begins in 2008 as the 85-year-old Charles Manx awakens from a decade-long coma in a California prison infirmary. He threatens his nurse and tells her that her son, Josiah, should visit him in Christmas land where he takes all his children. It goes much further than that. It's also about this uh, person named Vic, Victoria McQueen. Um, it's a bunch of, like, it's mainly her story, but it follows other people's too. This is uh, the uh, latest, not the latest book, no, because he's made like uh, several others between now and then. But this came out in 2013. Is that right? Yeah, April 20, 30th, 2013. Um, it's by Joe Hill. And if, you, that's, if that name sounds familiar, it is Stephen King's son, who is also oh. a pretty oh. good, pretty good uh, horror writer. It's a horror book. It's Nosferatu, a horror book. Um, it treats... The it treats the supernatural as as like icons as um, vehicles. Uh, they're like totems that people, certain people in the world, um, who have a special ability, special gifts that are they're born with, usually influenced by trauma. Um, as you know, as as it goes, uh, like the main actress is uh, starts like when she's a little girl, she can travel anywhere she wants because of this magical trike, uh, like a bicycle she has when she's a kid. Um, and that's how like, some of it, that's how the beginning of it starts. In this case, the serial killer, Charles Manx, uh, kidnaps children, takes them to this other world, essentially, and uses this car, this, this phantom old car. You know those phantom cars? Um, I can't describe it. It's like a Ford Phantom, I think it's called. Anyway, this old badass, like, luxury car that's, like, from the old ages. And it's, um, and that is his totem. That's what travels. That's what he uses. And it's like this really cool car. It looks pretty, pretty scary, actually, pretty creepy. And uh, it's obviously has Nosferatu on the license plate, and um, and it's about like uh, all these children disappearing and they're meeting and they're meeting the, the, all the supernatural occurrences meeting over the years, over the decades. Like Vic as a little girl, and it moves from uh, that to her, uh, you know, getting married, having a kid, that kid being kidnapped, and then the story really starts, right? And it's really, really cool. It's really thrilling. I think uh, it's a chip off the old block as far as the king. You know, as far as like, you know, like father, like son. Um, I recommend it a lot. It's my first exposure to Joe Hill. I have not read his other stuff. Um, but as our first book, it is pretty solid. I loved it a lot. I had a lot of fun time reading it. I even reread chapters because they were cool. Uh, so I do recommend it. Nosferatu, mm -hmm. if you are a horror fan or a thriller fan of any kind. It is also considered to be fantasy because of all the supernatural stuff and there's a lot of great world building in the in the thing and it feels like it's world building within our world kind of world building it's not like set in any other timeline it's set it's set modern day um but like there's a world behind them you know uh it's pretty cool i really dig it i recommend it nosferatu that's my number 10 Raf, your number 10 yeah my number 10 is a video game um it is a video game that came out in, seems to be 2019. Yeah, 2019. Uh, it is Slay the Spire. Um, I think I told <laughs> The one you told me to play, yes. Yeah, it came, so I ended up playing it on, um, it's funny, it's just like the world aligns for me. I ended up playing it on uh, Apple. It was on uh, Apple Arcade. And it, I thought that was like a perfect game for, what's it called? Um, a deck building game for the phone. It's so, so Slay the Spire is a roguelike deck building game. Um, it's uh, developed by Meta, uh, Megacrit, and it's actually published by Humble Bundle, from what it says. Um, it was uh, early access, 2017. But anyways, um, 
2019 is when it actually came out. So deck building game, all you're doing is you're trying to, you have these, uh, have these uh, you start off with one character, but you get up to three characters, and they all have like their own personal deck that you unlock more cards for. Um, they have their own play style, and you're just trying to go up the spire, which is you're trying to get to the end, basically. Um, and then there's like an ending to the end as well. But uh, you're supposed to beat the game a couple times, and you unlock more cards, and you unlock more, you find more enemies, and you you, just, you learn the game better, essentially. That's where the roguelike is, right? Where you're just going to keep dying, and there's this thing that keeps reviving you and makes fun of you as you lose more, and, or if you win, you do well, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, super fun. I play the crap out of this game. I'm talking about, like, I play so... This is, like, one of those games that um, I was stuck between which game was more inspiring for me. Um, and the deck building game, because I've always liked deck building games. Um, I just tend to fall off of them sooner, sooner rather than later. And this yeah. is that it can fit it. There's an actual finale to this and I did get to it on iOS. Um, really? yeah, I actually managed to just finish the whole thing. There's, I mean, you could keep playing just to play and they make it where like, you can just do like, Oh, daily or weekly runs that they have. And you're just competing against people. But I didn't need to do that. I'm right. good. I beat the main game. Um, really fun. There's uh one, two, three, yeah, four characters that you end up unlocking in the game. And um, yeah, it ended up being this game that I ended up playing on PlayStation also because it was on PS Plus for free. So hey. I was like, hey, why not? Like, let me let me get on this, you know. Um, but yeah, it was totally fun. Um, I dug the F out of it, just building this deck. Um, and what's it called? Because uh, you build the deck as you go up the spire. And yeah, just, uh, I've always liked roguelike games. And it's such an easy game to get into. He's super easy to play. I spent so much time um, playing it while I was getting a haircut because my barber was also into it. And um, what's it called? Uh, playing it at work, just everywhere. Uh, eventually, too, I think it's. I think it like kind of enveloped my whole like life for like three months of just me playing the crap out of it. And once I was done, I was like, "Well, there it is." That and I just delete. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't like discard you, but it was like. It was like, well, I'm done. Like, I have nothing else to play. I just found myself one week not playing it anymore. You know, yeah. Um, we had, well, it had was, a good run, it, dude. It had a great run. I mean, I was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I like I said, I played enough to even play it on PlayStation. I mean, I was playing on this on PC as well. I was playing this everywhere. I was just like, it was like it just developed my life, and it's such an easy game to just like. I'm gonna dedicate, you know, one run ran me like a long run, which like 35, 40 minutes. Um, but on the low end, if you're when you're starting, I mean maybe 10 minutes so it's like yeah, yeah fun game easy game to get into if you haven't played it slay the spire apple arcade um just everything just i did play it. this a little bit based on your recommendation yeah. rough um i did manage to go through one full run before i died nice but i never went back i'm not not yet anyway but yeah yeah it's all good i, I mean it just it. caught my attention a lot so no i get it no and i i also had fun with it yeah for sure so that's my number 10 slay the spire um, you could find this somewhere. It's everywhere. You know, did you say what year it came out? I'm just I, at 2019, technically. 2019. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I don't know if you mentioned that. Uh, all right, that's your number 10. It is Slay the Spire. That's a uh, uh, video game. Sorry. Um, Luke, well, you're at number nine. All right, my number nine. I'm going to say the tagline for this movie, and I'm sure both of you will know it. Okay, let's see if we can guess. All right. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> That's not a tagline. That's what it's that a tagline. This is taglines on IMDb. That, no, I don't. That's but the, I mean, the tagline means that like it's on the poster or it's on the right. It's not like 
That's a line in the movie. That's not okay. a tagline. The tag, okay. the, the, the one on the poster, mm-hmm. the tagline has the name of the movie in the tagline. Every town has a story. Tombstone, Tombstone yeah, has Tombstone. a legend. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's Tombstone. That's great. It's Tombstone. Yeah. I mean, you know how much I do not care for Westerns. No, I don't know that. Uh, I always forget that you hate them. Yeah. yeah There's just... Like, I don't remember that fact. The, the, the whole, like, spaghetti westerns kind of just threw me off. Like, that's why I don't care for them. So, but this is an exceptionally well-made western. I'm glad you love it. I, it is fantastic. fantastic. I mean, I, especially with Val... This Val was our Kilmer's, 20th uh, 20th anniversary, right? Review? The, that's what we did? Yeah, it came out oh, in 30, 1993. 19, 19, 19, Jesus, 30th. That lied. 20. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Ah, yes, I know. Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, fucking phenomenal cast. Uh, Bill Paxton, Paxton Power, mm-hmm. Powers Booth, you know, oh, Charles Heston. Oh, Charles yeah. Heston, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Chucky yeah, Hest. Uh, 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 amazing cast. Great story. Honestly, I'm glad I actually, I'm glad you made, one of you made me watch this movie. Probably both of us. It was uh, it was my thirtieth anniversary. Your thirtieth, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. This will go up next to True I'm, Grit. I'm glad as a, as a Western. I don't hate. I'm so glad. I always like to uh, find, especially for people that say like, "Oh, I don't like musicals. I don't like westerns. Or I don't like action." You know, I always try to find that one that they would it's love. Like you just haven't saw find found the right. Right. Person. I mean, because yeah. this is you can't just dismiss a whole genre. Even I don't right. like some genres, but I love movies over those genres. Still, you know, I can still love. I mean, something. Wild Wild West is the best western of all. I'm gonna move on now. It's a great number nine, though. Don't ruin yes. it. Uh, Tombstone. I'm so glad that this kind of movie can still be in top tens. And people are still discovering it, even within our own selves here. Uh, that's your number nine. My number nine is a video game. Nice. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've all... I know you've all heard of it. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. uh, played it. It is um, It is uh, made by uh, Team Cherry. It is Hollow Knight. Oh, yeah, I know. Nice. I never played it, but yeah. Okay. I'm well, sure I own it. This came out in February of 2017 on Windows, but it came out on the PlayStation and Xbox on September 2018. Um, Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania video game, which is, I just found out what that is. It's like side-scrolling, like platformers focus on guided, non-linear, and utility-gated exploration and progression games. And I guess it's a combination of Metroid and Castlevania. And that's like a subgenre of this kind of game that it is. I just learned that today for researching this. Anyway, uh, the player controls the knight, capital K, an insectoid warrior exploring Hollow Nest, a fallen kingdom plagued by a supernatural disease. The game is set in diverse subterranean locations featuring friendly and hostile insectoid characters and numerous bosses. Really, emphasis on the numerous. Players have the opportunity to unlock the new abilities as they explore each location along with pieces of lore and flavor text that are spread throughout the kingdom. This is a, a real addict, addictive time. This was like three weeks of every day after work kind of thing, coming down three hours a day or two hours maybe, and playing this game and figuring it out and trying. The, and, 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 you know, there are things that you do in the game that uh, changes the world, sometimes subtly, sometimes a lot louder. And, and you have to be prepared for that. It's very brutal in its nature. Like it's in, this, in the sense of um, if you die, uh, wherever you respawn, uh, whatever you had on you that you you know it's like it dropped where you died, so you have to go back and get it. And if you die along the way, you lost it forever. That kind of that kind of thing. Um, it's brutal in other ways too. You have to actually kind of figure out the techniques and figure out what 
your character's limits are to beat a boss or go through a level. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, I actually really love the lore of this game. Um, I, I Again, it reminds me, it's like a platformer, 2D, side-scrolling platformer version of like... Um, Dark Souls or, or or Bloodborne, where like all the lore is things that you pick up, you know, things that you find and you pick up. So yeah, for those reasons and more, I love this game, Hollow Knight. That's dope. And yeah, I finished I, the completion. Yes, I've been meaning to get back to this game, or like because I play, I remember playing it when it first came out, but I never after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Great. Well, you should. Yeah, I recommend it. Obviously, get on mm-hmm. that if you want. Um, all right. So that's Hollow Knight. That's my number. What is that? Number nine. Number nine. All right, Rob, your number nine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my number nine is. Uh, I hope I'm not cheating here. It's a show from 1988. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this anime I saw called Gunbuster. Six episodes. Super easy to get into. Super easy to get out. But actually, not as super easy to get into. I'll explain why. So. This is a, uh, I'll read you the quick description on, on IMDb. A young pilot, daughter of a deceased space captain, is selected to a pilot, a colossal robot, as the key point of Earth's defense in the space war. Um, they do this um, amazing thing uh, in, the, uh, in the show with, um, uh, they, they, uh, they focus on the science, and I forgot the name of the science, the actual, like, uh, um, Scientology. No, 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 no. There's an actual like story to the the the, the science that they, they they stick to, um, and they mention it because they do a great job of describing it. This is it feels like interstellarist like, okay. um, and it's it's so cool because it has like it has this feel of like um, the uh, it's I forgot what it's called. It's the 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 the, the law or whatever as they're traveling through uh, light speed. They don't age, right? But time still like they're five minutes or whatever is like three months in our, in our time, you know, or whatever the case is. So they, they, they're really fighting. A lot of the stuff is like, or a lot of, a lot of the um, things revolves around light speed. So they travel to this, this, uh, this thing that's going to happen in the future, but they can get to, as long as they can, they get to their light speed and like get ahead of it to fight it. And then they come back to like defend themselves. It's super weird. It's super cool. The science is amazing in it. And don't get me wrong, it's a mech anime, 100%, and it feels 80s and 90s and everything else it is, because it is. It just, there's, just, there's, doesn't, there's no thing to fault it. But um, we're being attacked by gigantic aliens, and we're trying to defend ourselves. And there's, like, the tech that we're using is even old. Like, it's in consideration of, like, or, I mean, sorry, it's um, they're using old tech because they're traveling so much in light speed that when they come back, they're like, oh, hey, we built a new ship. Oh, hey, we did this already. Like we're, you know, because we're defending, like Earth's trying to defend themselves, and yeah. it's been like years. And these guys haven't aged. These girls have. There's uh, girl pilots mainly. These girls haven't aged in comparison to like their counterparts who are on Earth, who are like, oh, hey, I just had like my second kid, and you're still 16, you know, because <laughs> you've been traveling light speed. Um, and it's so cool. Kind of like Lightyear. Yeah, kind of like Lightyear. Yeah, it's so cool to just the story. It's so contained as well because it's just six episodes and uh i just caught this on a whim on crunch it was actually a crunchyroll recommends crunchyroll recommends you watch the show huh. and i thought i picked it because i just saw a bunch of girls on there and i was like you would like you would know me crunchyroll there's just a bunch of chicks here and they're and they're and they're uh what, rocking max right i was like let's get this and um no nope, yeah. really science fiction and like that whole like um that whole uh 
science, very sciencey um, part of how um, what's it called time dilation works and such feels very interstellary because especially they do a fantastic job of explaining it. They don't like they don't pussyfoot around. They're like, oh, this is just that. It is what it is. No, no, no. That's like the point of the show. They yeah. they stress it really really heavily. So uh, Gunbuster, it's on Crunchyroll. You can watch it. I think it's also sure you could buy it anywhere else. You figure out how to watch it. That's where I watched it. Yeah. Uh, six okay. episodes, super easily contained. Oscar, I think you'd appreciate this a lot. So. Awesome. Thank you. That sounds like an easy watch, too. Super easy. Uh, short, well, again, short, easy short watch. Short watch, yes. That's easy. Uh, that's easy. what I meant. That's what yeah. I meant. Awesome. Um, I love that. Gunbuster. Check it out, guys. Um, I am intrigued by that one. As the, uh, that uh, is, as what? the what's it called? Sorry. As the, as the theme goes, Gunbuster. Sorry. That's so 80s. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's your number nine. Uh, Luke, what is your number eight? My number eight is my is it yes it's my first book. Okay, <clears throat> all right, let's do it. This is how you lose Reading. the time war. Sorry. Oh, say it again. This is how you lose the time war. Okay. So before you keep going, don't spoil it too much for me. Okay. I know. I. I, I that's I what I'm saying. Be really careful. That's that's on my reading list this year. Yes, so. it's it's really good, and I believe they're trying to make a sh- TV show. Out of oh this. yes, they are. So. <clears throat> It's. I'm gonna see if the plot. So, as agents Red and Blue travel back and forth through time, altering the history of multiple universes mm. on behalf of their warring empires, they leave each other secret messages. At first, taunting, but gradually developing. That's why I'm gonna cut it off. Okay. Yeah, super sci-fi-ish because there's time travel and everything like mm-hmm. going around. And I don't want to say a lot, but it's really goddamn good. And this is one of those things that it it warrants reading it twice. Or what I did is I actually read it, and then I started listening to the audio book at the same time in a way. And oh. it's two and it's two different people wrote this book. One person wrote red. One person wrote blue. Oh, so it's two distinctly different. Isn't uh, Alex Chang one of them? Am I wrong? Who is that? Uh, Amal El Mokhtar and oh. Max Gladstone. Okay, my bad. I had a different writer. My yeah, bad. So I should have said the name. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. I think TikTok recommended this book. TikTok. Oh, some... TikTok has recommended a lot of books for me. Actually. I, I actually got it. Yeah, I know. I, I go on Book Talk a lot sometimes too. I know, and I've been sending you stuff. I think on TikTok about. Uh, yeah, that. I should send you more. I think I send you a couple. But anyway, yeah, yeah let's speak about. So yeah, I, it was a <laughs> great pick because I really enjoyed this book, and I started mm-hmm. reading uh, about it after everything, and I was like, oh man, if this becomes a TV show. It's going to be great. I would love to see how they're going to pull this off. Yeah. So. Awesome. I can't wait to read it. Um, yeah. I'm or sure even if you listen to it, I believe it's it's two different voice actors Excellent. doing the it. the voice. It's like of- uh, it's like uh, that one other book, um, Incursion, Recursion. That also has. Oh, dude, that was my short list. Oh, that was this year. I didn't know that was from this year. I thought it was. From, I thought you read that last year or the year before. I mean, no. Um, oh, okay, great. Uh, well, that short list is fine. No, no big deal. Um, but uh, I that audiobook also had two voices because there's two perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was and I like I like when books do that. I put the those kind of sweats that anyway um excellent i can't wait to read this i hear this excellent i'm glad i made your top 10 what's it called again this is how you lose the time more right and uh you know sci-fi has been uh, getting a lot of heyday a lot of time in the in the spotlight these this uh, this decade and really the last two decades and a half maybe a decade and a half let's say and uh 
among this and the three body problem that's coming out on Netflix this year, it's a huge anticipated um, sci-fi uh, series based on a very famous book. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Um, so yeah, anticipate a lot of that kind of thing in general in your media. Anyway, that's your number eight. Uh, my number eight is a documentary. It's, um, I mentioned this in our recent discoveries. I don't know when I first saw it. It's Free Solo. Oh, nice. Which, uh, have you guys seen that yet or no? No. Uh, I've seen negative. Free Solo, I think it won for best documentary of the year that it was on. I'm not sure. I'm not 100%. Don't, don't call me on that one. Um, but this came out in 2018. And uh, here's the description. Alex Honnold faces the biggest challenge of his career, climbing El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. He pursues it free solo, which means climbing without rope and alone. This is uh, made by uh, Jimmy Chen and Elizabeth Chai Vasarhelyi. Vasarhelyi, sorry. And this obviously stars Alex Honnold, who is a professional free solo climber. And if you understand what that means, of course, as I read in the description, Fucker climbs a rock face of any size. In this case, El Capitan, which is a huge rock face in Yosemite Park. Huge. Huh, I thought it was just an operating system for the Mac. I know. That's why I said first, too. Um, or like a, or a cartel leader's name or something in Mexico. Um, and uh, you climb it without any assistance whatsoever. Uh, the, the cameras on him, sure, the drones are around him, but they're not like nothing's helping him. He has no rope. He could fall and die anytime. And uh, the documentary follows him leading up to his, uh, well, first Untimely of all. Untimely death? No. Well, that's the thing is that you don't know. But, I mean, if you watch any kind of thing about this movie, you've seen interviews about him talking about the movie. So he makes it. It's just how he makes it, right? And, um, and how close it is. And uh, his, his, it's also about how he lives his life and how, like, he makes a girlfriend in the, in, in the, in the making of the movie, right? Leading up to him you know, climbing this big climb and doing other climbs too. He also broke other records too before that. Um, and he makes a girlfriend and they share that relationship. The documentary follows that relationship a little bit and it shows how this man is so used to being alone and not even being alone, but living out of his car every day. And this girlfriend is kind of like, I don't want to say tying him down in a bad way and in a good way, you know, and those like feelings, sexy way. No, yes, but I meant like in a way where he's like joining a community. He's never a part of one, right? Because like he's bondage. doing all this free soloing. And plus the fact that he could die at any one of these kind of, you know, it kind of goes into his his trauma and his philosophies of how he lives his life. And I found that really interesting and fascinating. And I do recommend it a lot. It's a free solo. It is a National Geographic type thing. So it's on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. And this came I was out like, in who has National Geographic? Though? Yeah, Nat Geo, right? Um, so check it out. It is technically a sports documentary. Rafsos, I did see a sports thing. Sports. Wow. I made my top 10. Whoa. So I'm just letting you know, Raf, that I'm not entirely useless um, with the sports. I mean, Right. The good clarification there. Yes, because I'm very useful on other things. Um, all right. So that's free solo. Like I said, that's my number eight, right? We said? Yes. Um, Raf, what's your number eight? My number eight is another video game and my last video game. Um, that I'll mention. And, uh, oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't really go back too much. Um, it should be my last one anyway. Let me double check. Uh, yeah, it is. Anyways, um, my number eight is uh, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I know Star Wars gets a lot of like hate because it's Star Wars. 
and there's so much Star Wars that it's kind of um, annoying to some people, right? It's Even a little me, in vogue to hate on them right now, yes. It is very in vogue, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, um, I feel like as long as the material is good enough, it doesn't really matter. What I think this does a really good job um, cause, uh, is, is making it feel like you are this, like, you you are coming back to this Jedi of, like, from, you, you want to learn everything. You want to, you're coming back to, like, regain your your powers from, from hiding, you know, because you've been hiding for so long. Um, so you play, this is, um, this is five years after the Republic, which is uh, five years after the, uh, the events of Revenge of the Sith, if you want to know the world building here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Empire and the Great Jedi Purge. Uh, former Padawan Cal Kestis is hiding, um, which Cal Kestis is played by Cameron Monaghan, or Monaghan, who is um, from uh, what's Shameless? that show? Shameless. Yeah, one of the kids, right? Um, I forget his name in the thing. Uh, he's the one that plays the medic, uh, the gay one. Um, yes, and uh, he uh, he's working in a he's up, he's stuck on Planet Bracca. He's working as a scrapper, and basically he gets caught. Uh, using the force because <laughs> it just has, has to happen for him. And uh, you go on from there and then there he's essentially gets stuck in like, well, I have to like fight or fight mode or fight or fight mode. And you're relearning the force or relearning your, your, your teachings as the show, as the movie, as the movie, as the game progresses. And it's actually really cool. The way it, the way it's the all force awakens uh, sort of right in a weird way, but uh, that's different because he's not, He's already been awakened in a weird way, but in this one, he's very much uh, just like, "Hey, I'm kind of like getting back into the hand of thing." Uh, and he was, he's like, "I don't." He's thrown into this thing, um, so yeah, it's a cool story, um, really cool ending in my opinion, also, and just how the how it progresses from like being hidden away for those last five years and not wanting to be a Jedi anymore because obviously they were being massacred, right? Um, is also oh, six 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 right exactly is also like this uh just six six um but two sixes is, is oh, this, really? yeah yeah it's just two six whatever it's uh he him coming back and like coming back to the war and rejoining the rebel the rebel alliance or joining the rebels you know more like not rejoining but just joining them uh is really cool and uh obviously the game plays so easily it's always great to play a jedi they do they did a fantastic job this is uh done by respawn Game came out in 2019. I have I started playing the new one thanks to Luke because I got that as a Christmas present. So uh, really fun though. Jedi Fallen Order, highly recommend. I played it on PlayStation. Nice. Um, yeah. So there's no reason. I think I don't know if it was PS Plus. Um, I, I don't, don't think, think so, I don't think no. it was PS Plus. I know it's EA, but if you have EA, EA play whatever EA play, yeah. play it on that. That's how That's I started was. playing it. Yeah. But I never finished it because reasons uh which one is this one again this is fallen order jedi fallen order came out so, in 2019 star wars i guess there's another one right yes the other, the new one is uh what's it called survivor uh, jedi survivor yeah uh that's a sequel to that one right that, Correct. that combined yes. right okay yeah so i tried playing falling order i played it for about two hours and it wasn't bad i was liking it but i wasn't like i don't know i just never went back to it yeah that's really i, I yeah. think the the thing with this game really you need to push through the story and once you get the story hooks you, you can start doing everything else you need to in the, in the <laughs> like, I'm going to go unlock things. I'm going to go do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah. Actually, yeah. I thought you would have enjoyed this game because it kind of has that like kind of punishing thing with like the Dark Souls-esque type of thing. 
hmm. where you gotta like find out how the en- how each enemy is. And I mean, I don't love it every them. time. <laughs> Shut up, and go, you and your Bloodborne loving ass. I do love Bloodborne so much, though. I mean, so much that I would cosplay as any of those characters if I could. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, no, it just didn't. It just didn't hit me. Maybe it was just uh, that you know when I started, it wasn't a good set. Of yeah, frame sometimes for games it. aren't meant for you know the one. Free my mind too. Them. Like yeah, if I, I know if I play it today, it might be better. Right? But, yep. Um. Anyway, so that's great. That's a uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Check it out, guys. Um. Uh, gaming anywhere. Uh, major consoles. I mean. Uh, all right, uh, Luke. Your number yeah, on Stadia. seven. My number seven. Yes. <clears throat> it's a long title. Okay. <laughs> a Billion Years, My Escape from a Life in the Highest Ranks of Scientology by like Mike Rinder. It is a book. Mm-hmm. And booky. pretty much that book told you what it's about, the whole title. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so Mike Rinder was essentially like the second or third in command of Scientology at one point. Where he could have actually been the leader of Scientology after the passing of Ron L. Hubbard. That's how high this guy up. That's how high up this guy was. Uh, but obviously, he got the hell away from the Scientology Church and wrote this book, exposing everything that they do. Book is hella acronym heavy. It was used to that. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, way more acronyms than I'm used to. So it's 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 a little tougher read, but man, it is some fucked up shit that goes on in Scientology. What else is it? Yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, great. How, uh, how much of a so so you said very acronym heavy? Does it feel like it's a hard read then because of that? No, it's just the thing is like. At the beginning of the book, you can kind of keep up with it, but then at a certain point, you're just like, "Oh my god, what the hell?" Yeah, I bet. So, but yeah, it's a really good book. Highly recommend it, especially if you're into Scientology. I'm not, but I like <laughs> the subject matter stuff. I just saw that documentary for the Latter Day Saint one on Netflix. Well, there's one on there. Yeah, yeah, I think it came out last year or two years ago. I can't remember. But yeah, me and Ashley just watched it. Okay. I thought, I thought you were going to talk, uh, talk about going clear. No, not That's that one. That's a good one, though. No, no, yeah. yeah so. I haven't seen any of these, actually. I have very little interest in Scientology. Yeah, so I mean, do I. But sometimes same. I'm into like, like watching like yeah, yeah. that stuff. No, no, I get it. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Uh, I think the highest everyone was watching The Master, which is pretty non-real. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, all right, so that's your number what? Number seven. 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 Uh, give me the title again. A Billion Years, mm-hmm. My Escape from a Life in the Highest Ranks of Scientology. Okay. Uh, the reason it's called a Billion Years is because when they join Scientology, they have to sign their life away and their, and their, prior, and their following lives up for a billion years. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally a real thing. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so that's number seven. Uh, my number seven is one that um, is going to be probably well received here from in a minute. It is uh, One Piece. Okay. Made my number seven. Nice. And my and this is I'm talking about One Piece, okay. the TV series. Uh, I'm not reading the manga. This no. is the the manga slash uh, anime that started in the '90s, late '90s, still ongoing, over 1,000 episodes and and counting. Um, specifically. I wrote it. I had to write it down just to make sure I get it right. So I saw the Zhao 
um, arc. Sorry, arc. The Zao arc, the whole Cake Island arc, and half of Wano, of the Wano arc. So, uh, the Zao was 36 episodes, the whole Cake was 109 episodes, and half of Wano, I don't know, I didn't count those exactly. Cause quite, it, a yeah. quite a bit. Quite a bit. Made it to part two or part three, I forget where yeah, I, yeah. I ended up there. They're, they're getting ready for the big, for the big oh, yeah. like heisting part. There, that's where I stopped. Um, Good stuff there. So I saw a lot of episodes. That's like a, over 150 plus, maybe yeah. 200 plus I episodes in in 2023. And uh, and obviously, all of those episodes were not at all current to the year. By the no, way, they were not. No, they were not. So um, it not is a single. Uh, one. This is a show that I started watching. I don't even know how long ago. Uh, over 15 years ago, it must have been. Obsessed with it then. I had moments of like ups and downs with it. Not ups and downs with it in a bad way, meaning like either I caught up to a point or I just stopped for a while and it came back later. You know, it's just a, it is a lifetime show. This is what people that watch General Hospital must feel like or people that watch um, any kind of series that lasts for a long, long, long time. Um, and uh, One Piece is that for me. And I don't regret any of it, even though I don't like. And I usually skip all of the filler stuff. Um, like I'm not like a true obsessor uh, of it, but I know definitely the lore. Like if you throw me a name, I'm pretty sure I can just give you stuff. I love talking about the the fruit powers. I love talking Monkey about brand movie. lines. I love talking about the the world politics that they're introducing. I like I like how um, effortlessly uh, you know anti capital this show is anti control. Uh, you know, it's being free. It's very much salt of the earth, but also funny, also goofy, also serious. It's it's great. So the the arcs that I watch concern mainly about um, Luffy and his. Uh, by Luffy, I mean Captain Luffy is a pirate c- captain. If you guys don't know anything, for listeners, of course, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, please look it up. I'm not going to explain everything in the show. I'm, I'm talking that. about episodes. I'm talking about episodes from the 800s. Up to the 900s, okay? That's where I'm at right now. So to even tell you a synopsis, it's a pirates show. It's about pirates. And um, the Zao arc introduced a lot of the what's going to happen in the next few arcs, if anything, with the uh, with those big cube things. I forgot the names of them. Sorry. The information that Nico is interested in, the history of that thousand Pony years. Glyphs. Whatever. Poneglyphs. Thank you. Um, it introduces that a lot and introduces the, the need to... Uh, go to Wano and figure this shit out and get some real good juicy info. And obviously along the way, because Luffy is Luffy, take down all of these... What are they called? Uh, the the four... Emperors. Emperors, thank you. The Emperors along the way. Now, it's funny how the, the whole Cake Island wasn't that exactly, but it was a little that. There's a shame to their, um, yeah. let's just say, whole Cake Island massacre. Not even a massacre. No one dies, but um, you know what I'm saying. I do. And I love the extra stuff we got about Sanji in that in that whole arc, and uh, it's in his family and stuff. Explains a lot. And um, I really am digging the aesthetic and like just polarizingly different aesthetics every time they go to a new island. And this Wano arc is clearly so detailed, and this this is one of the most well planned arcs they've had in a while, in my opinion, and or a while before this point. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm gonna have to definitely finish it this year because I know it ended, and I would lo- I would love to be a fan. Uh, I would love to have finished the. So one I have a piece. I have a really um, mm-hmm. important question. Oh, not important, but I have a really uh, a, a big question for you. So it's um because uh, you you'll you have more memory recollection to memory mm-hmm. for this is um 
when you finished whole cake, mm-hmm. how different did Wano feel to you? Completely different. Like, because it changes in animation. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah I like, didn't mention that, but it does change a little in animation, uh, particularly the style, the, like the drawn style, because the, they even changed the uh, the commercial break yeah. music part. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I kind of wanted more. They only put Zoro and Luffy. I wish they made one for each, but that's fine. Um, at least so far, I don't know. And uh, yeah, so but it's it's definitely different. They all wear different things, you know, basically. And Zoro's changing his swords, which is I haven't seen that since like season arc two or three. You know, know. like yeah. oh, that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, big changes. This is hard to it's hard to relate. It's really hard to relate because you have to be in it already. And I've yeah. been in this thing for fifteen years. Um, yeah. it is fun. It is airy, but it's also serious and fun at the same time. It's for just sure. like hard to explain this. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but I love it. I can understand why it's always your number one, Roth, even yep. though it wasn't your number one in TV shows this year. It's funny how you didn't, yeah, didn't make that zero. list. Anyway, so that's one piece. My number seven, the my number show. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no such thing. All right, Roth, your number seven. Yeah. I have to highlight other things, Oscar, besides one piece over here. Um, I agree. It's just, yeah, anyways. Hey. I'm on episode my, 15. I'm 1% of the way there. I, are you? 15 of eh, 1 point something percent. This is a thousand sixty-eight episodes. Yeah, so I'm at least one percent. <laughs> that sure. That's far behind. <laughs> right, exactly. Anyways, besides the point, I am uh, my number seven is a show, TV show on Showtime that Oscar begged me to get Showtime for. Um, oh. So I finally watched it, and it's uh, Yellow Jackets. Oh, hey! Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So this is. Uh, the show uh, created by uh, Ashley Lyle and Bart Nicker- Nickerson. Um, it says a wildly talented high school girls soccer team become the unlucky survivors of a plane crash deep in the Canadian wilderness. Um, this is starring Melanie Linsky, uh, Tawny Cypress, Sophie Nalise, uh, or I know there's an accent there, uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, uh, Sophie Thatcher, Samantha Henry. Uh, Steven Kruger, Kruger, uh, Warren Cole, uh, Christina Ricci, barely getting to her. Uh, Courtney Eaton, Liv Hewson. Yeah, great. Uh, Juliette Lewis. Um, I for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was like looking for them. Just what's so cool about this show, and uh, I tried to get Ashley into it, but uh, she wasn't biting, sadly. Um, but it's um, it's it has this uh, current, uh, present, and past, right? And they do a fantastic job of cutting those edits of uh, we're talking about something in the past and then we'll, we'll or we're talking about something in the present and then we'll come back to the past and how it influences the current, right? Um, I think that's what the show's strength is, to be brutally honest with you. Um, the fact that also the craziness, and it really doesn't seem super crazy, but there's also a supernatural element to um, some somewhat of a supernatural element to the past that's that's happened. Um, that they very, very much don't like to talk about. And every time they say they don't want to talk about it, they just show it to you instead, which is fantastic because, you know, we get to see all that stuff. Um, but it is this very hushed thing where it's, um, how, do you know how, how many years has it been since the crash? Has oh, I don't know, like 20, 20 plus, 25? Yeah, 25. 25 I just read it, 25. Yeah. Um, 25 years. And uh, people still ask, like, oh, my God, what happened? And uh, the whole person with the reason is called Yellow Jackets. Is, that's the name of the team. Uh, they are the Yellow Jackets from their whatever school they were. Yeah, like right. a volleyball team or soccer team? Soccer, soccer team, team, soccer yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. they. Uh, it's this really cool, man, it's, uh, like I said, it's just 
seeing how the past influences the present for them, and a lot how the present is, uh, what's it called, very, very much, uh, what's it called, influence from the past, and everything that they've done, and you get to see this thing that they never told. It's like getting the Lost show after Lost came out and you seeing the survivors of Lost, you know, talk about it or whatever, but they never talked about it before and they still don't talk about it. Very similar in that aspect of just of the what happened general nature, not of the show itself. Um, but yeah, I think Melanie Linsky is fantastic in this. Um, and also like she's ended up being in, um, what's the it last called? Of us. The last of us. Yeah. Which I mean, you can see why easily yeah. you can see why, but, uh, what's it called? What's her name? Uh, Julia Lewis. She just looks like she wants to beat somebody up at all moments. And Christina Ricci, I've never seen her, uh, what's it called? Creepier in a show. I think just, uh, every time I see Real her, serial just, killer vibes, the super serial killer vibes and her and fucking just, parrot, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a cool show. Um, I uh, didn't get into season two, which is what they were doing uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching some of it, but I just never, could, I just couldn't get into it. As I couldn't progress into it because it was still ongoing, and I was like, I'll just wait for it to be finished. Yeah, kind of story. So yeah, that's uh, Yellow Jackets. You should watch it if you have my Paramount because Paramount is for Showtime and it's on Showtime. Mm-hmm. So yeah, figure it out. Watch it. Showtime it's featuring Showtime. Paramount. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Showtime featuring Paramount. Uh, fun show. Uh, super, super freaky. Cool story. Great edits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. I'm glad you watched it. That's Yellow Jackets. Uh, to number seven. Uh, Luke, you're number six. My number six is <clears throat> a movie that's a remake of a remake based on a book. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. I. I have no idea what to Oh my god, I don't even know. A movie that's a remake that's a remake based on a book. Yes. What's the genre? War. Oh. War. Uh, oh. What is it good for? I, I No, I got it. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. All Quiet on the Western Front? Yes, sir. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah, this movie I was one of the first movies I saw this year. And catching up I, from the previous year? Yeah, yes. essentially. Okay, yeah. And holy shit, it is right. Um, crazy. Yeah, made my short list that year, uh, but uh, make my top I'm crazy. Am crazy? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, it just starts off as you know, this 17 year old kid who's trying to get into the the, the war German, Yeah, the war effort. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. he you know, he's uh, war. God, he has this. Uh, what is the fucking? He has this romantic view of war, and so he wants to be a patriot and everything. And well, the recruiters are painting it that yeah, way too. It's not much. like, yeah. It's, it's but like, it, man, as soon as he gets in that first fucking trench, dude, yeah, it's shattered to pieces, and it just gets like the next like five days essentially that it takes place over. Yeah, is crazy. Needless to say, you lose a lot of people, you meet some people, and overall, it's because it's a tragic ass ending. Things that could have been avoided. And whatnot, and that movie made you feel so goddamn dirty. Yes, a lot of dirt, like caked in mud and uh-huh. all this shit. Yeah, uh, mud is a big component of that World War One. Um, uh, someone put it on. I read somewhere that uh, they said about this movie that this is the the only or the closest war movie ever made that they can think of that actually doesn't glorify anything about it. Yeah, like there's nothing glorifying it, any of it. There is no, there's nothing about heroes. It's just about the fucking mud and the, like, how horrible war is. It really treats it like that. Even the soundtrack does that too. A lot of that does that. Um, nothing in it is very um, glorifying at all. Anyway, 
I'm glad you saw this. Yeah, very powerful film. Very, yes. Very. Available okay. on Netflix. Are you going to read it? Uh, you know, I should actually put that but in did my... Did you read uh, this for school? Because I had to. I'm just uh, No, I've never read okay. this one. Nope. Yeah, I had to read this for... I don't know what year or what grade or whatever, but I did have to read this. I have that, but still a copy somewhere. Um, okay, I'm just curious if you had. Uh, that's your number six, All Quiet on the Western Front, the Netflix original film from 2022. Um, check it out, everyone, if you haven't already. Uh, my number six is a show also on Netflix. I saw the entire series of this in 2023, and it ended the year pre- previous, it should be said. This is BoJack Horseman. Have you guys heard of this? I've seen the first season. I've heard of it. I've seen the first season before. uh I've been meaning to come back to watching it, but I'm also just like... It gets better, too. I'm not saying that the first season's bad at all. No, no, no. I've heard. It builds, and it's good. I've I've heard, yeah. But it is like this vicious cycle of like... You know, I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a piece of shit. I'm the worst piece of shit ever. I'm okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so BoJack Horseman I, is a show that began in 2014, ended in 2020. It should be said. So I ended a few years before I started watching it. Uh, made by Raphael Bob Waxberg, stars Will Arnett as a BoJack Horseman as the title character. Amy Sedaris, Allison Brie, um, what's his name from Aaron Paul's in this as well. He's he plays the roommate who is like my favorite character. I would say. Uh, Deirdre Bader, Patton Oswalt, and his Christian Shaw. A lot of people you know. A lot of comedians you know. Uh, Bojack Horseman was a star of, a, of the hit television show Horsin' Around in the 80s and 90s. But now he's washed up, living in Hollywood, complaining about everything, and wearing colorful sweaters. It is considered to be a comedy. I would call this a dark comedy. Series. It seems dark. It is dark. It's full of trauma. It's full of alcoholism and drug abuse. It's very much... Uh, a Hollywood story told in a world that doesn't exist, but it feels, but everything that they go through is very much attuned to what happens, or at least what can happen in Hollywood, you know, today. So, like, it's like because there are a lot of anthropomorphic animals talking. Bojack Horseman is a horse. In the, it's a horse. It's a, it's a cartoon in, in, in many ways, right. but like it's an adult cartoon at the same time. So, it's definitely not for kids. It, it goes through a lot of things, you know. Um, every season's different and a progression, not different in like, like that, like not, not like so different, but it's a, they all progress. They all have main characters and they all move on or they don't move on. Or it's a question about, uh, getting through alcoholism, find, you know, talking to your mother finally after all those years, you know, it's about a lot of things and all the while is fucking hilarious. And all the background of the, of the show is super, it's perfect for cinephiles. Or people like us that watch a lot and know a lot about uh, media and anything that's kind of popularized in some way can get references. You guys will get so many references. Yeah, I, know I, I would get I most probably, but like you guys will still do a good job getting most of it. Um, it's so much. It's so fun. A lot of great puns, a lot of visual uh, flares. Um, it is out there. It is fun. I really liked it. It kind of hit me too. It's heartstring wise uh, a few times for sure, especially with that funeral, that wake. Uh, that whole funeral thing and the uh, the opening of every episode it changes a little bit over the years but the every opening ends with um, him drowning in a in a pool it does right yes so yeah. you do, so you like you're like waiting Jesus. for that to happen to him you're basically waiting like the series finale you're thinking of that the whole time uh, the season finale sorry oh, anyway it's it's interesting it's it's a lot of fun so check it out it's Bojack Horseman it's not for the faint of heart but 
it's a lot of fun along the way, even if it like rips your heart out. So uh, I do recommend that. That is my number six. Uh, Rock right. number six. Dope. Yeah. My uh, number six is the Apple TV Plus show Ooh. that you probably haven't seen at all or maybe even heard of. Is it C? Um, huh? Is it C? No, I haven't seen any of that. Okay. Um, I, it's uh, Blackbird. Have any of you guys heard of Blackbird? I heard of it, yes. So the prison uh, one, right? No. It is the prison one. This mm-hmm. is uh, created by Dennis Lehan or Lahine or Lahine. Anyways, Jimmy Keene is sentenced to 10 years in a minimum security prison, but he cut the deal with the FBI to befriend a suspected serial killer. Keene has to elicit a confession from Larry Hall to find the bodies of as many as 18 women. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus. So it's based on a true story, I hear. It is based on a true story. Taryn Egerton plays uh, Jimmy Keene. Um, and uh, Paul Walter Hauser plays Larry Hall. Uh, you guys know who Paul Walter Hauser is? Isn't he from um, that show, uh, Midnight Mass? He, he is in Midnight Mass, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I'm from uh, I, Tanya. Uh, I think so, yeah. I think Ralph wants to say something specific. Which no, 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 yeah, I just want to know if you guys knew him at all. Yep. Um, cool. So, he, uh, so, yeah, he's, what's it called? Uh, so, he has his, like, he plays as like this, because Larry Hall, I guess, was more like a, a mentally challenged person. Uh, okay. his, he's a twin brother, kind of not a fraternal friend, twin. Yeah. But it's like basically like the brother took more like than than needed, or but more of the. Uh, oh, okay. In the in the womb, actually, yeah. that, was, that was exactly what I was told. And uh, okay. and basically because of that, he's always had like a hard time, and he gets away with a lot of stuff, but he's. He's a serial killer. And this guy, uh, Taron Egerton, or Taron Egerton character who plays James Keene, he's his, um, uh, he got sentences for the drug dealing. And he's a super charismatic person. You can easily, uh, super, uh, also a good looking guy, supposed to be a good looking guy also in, in real life. And uh, when he gets this deal cut, because he can't, he can't live in prison. Like his dad was an ex-cop and stuff like that. So he just can't be in there. He needs to be there for his dad and all this other stuff. He just doesn't want to do the time, obviously, also. But does. for he goes to to this maximum security prison with Paul, with Larry Hall, and the conversations he has to have with him, and just to find this thing, and you're also getting it from the other a- aspect of um, uh, Greg Kinnear is in the show also, who plays uh, one of the sheriffs who's also doing the investigating, trying to yeah, find. I haven't seen him things. in a while. I know, I know. Great, he does a great job. Um, he's a total cop role, and uh, he. And just getting the story from him and just like, oh, my God, it's it's like you don't want to be in this situation because he's also in a situation where, like, he has to come up with this whole story. He has to defend from, you know, fight for himself and stuff like that and uh, befriend yeah. this guy who's a serial killer and just like a complete like, like fucking mess, man. The guy's just it's hard to to even want to talk to somebody who it says 18 women, but really they're like almost little girls. They're barely they're like 16, you know, stuff like that, or younger, yeah. 13. And it's 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 sick. It's a sickening thing. And he has to make friends with him and, like, like everything that he does. Or so make it, the, sure. the, 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 uh, the drama of it is trying to get in that mind space of it. Right? Yeah, it really is. That, that's, that's only it. And then they do a good job of, like, showing the other way of, like, all of this, like, how the mur- what what happened to the murders and what happened to the mm-hmm. bodies and really try to find more of the bodies because they happen just to come across one in a random cornfield. Like it's one of those things. It's just random. Like they found yeah. the murder, mm-hmm. and they finally pinned it on this guy who they're trying to. 
they have him there for it because he finally admitted to it. He wrote down the confession that he did it. But they're like, oh, well, he's, you know, like mentally challenged. So he doesn't even know what he's writing down to. And it's insane. And they're trying to really get this guy before he gets out and does it again, essentially, because they, they yeah. know it's him. They know he, they're just. They can't prove it. They can't prove it. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. One of those oh, I get it. There's a difference. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's insane. It's, it's really insane. Um, it's yeah. a really cool Ray Liotta's in this. Also, I think it's one of his last. Um, he plays a. Uh, well, I don't know. There's, mo- there's another movie coming out this year with Ray Liotta I, and I said, what? I said, I said yes. one of his last. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah it's coming out in 2024. So it di- he died before the the sh- release of the show. Yeah, but he, the show was already over with. Yes, and uh, I know the third episode is dedicated in his uh, in his memory. Yeah, but uh, he plays uh, Big Jim Keen. He plays yeah, he uh, what's a called? lot before he died. He did. I mean, good for him. Yeah, no good. Uh, yeah, he he uh, he he plays uh, James Keen's uh, uh, dad, who's mm-hmm. like uh, a pivotal role for him as well. It's okay. it's quite it's a really cool show, a really good drama. It's only six episodes, they're about hour long episodes, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's just like this tense moment at all at all times, and it just it just oh, it's it's hard to watch more than two episodes at a time, to be honest with you, because uh-huh. it just like it just it makes you feel like you need to shower. Sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I know that feeling pretty well. Um, that's great. I mean, I mean, I know it affected a friend of a show, Jay. He told me about it. He's the one who first got me into. Oh, cool. Not into it. I need cool, to see not it. in a cool way, but yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but and he's you, you told me very similar things that you're saying about it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and I, I'll say it, man. Tiger, uh, Taron Egerton, um, Egerton, very charismatic. Uh, Egerton, sorry, very charismatic. Uh, I, I keep thinking it's eager, but it's not. Um, charismatic person, and he uh, he does a really great job, honestly, uh, to be more in a more serious role. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. So yeah. that's um yeah, it's on my list uh, to watch on Apple. Right. Just haven't done it. Blackbird, yeah, for sure. So another thing I did a lot too is catching up on not just Apple but other shows and like I just what that wasn't one of them this last year. So yeah, maybe this I hear year. You. All right, so that's your number six. And with that, we're going to take a little quick break. When we come back, we'll obviously finish the rest of our list five to ones, and we'll do honorable mentions as well. So stay with us. All right, we're back. Luke, give us your number five. Oof, man, I'm just going right into it. Yep. My number five is a book that I actually purchased in 2019, but did not get a chance to read until now. Mm-hmm. Permanent Record. The autobiography of one Edward Snowden. Oh, Okay. I thought it would be a musical <laughs> documentary. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, a little bit. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I pretty much Edward Snowden needed to make money, so he decided to write an autobiography about his life. I get that. Everything that happened to him up until the whole thing where he leaked a bunch of NSA secrets about how they are spying on all of us. Right. So really Even good right read. Now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, really good read. Uh, pretty much talks about like uh, a lot of his like upbringing and all that stuff, and all of the different jobs this man has had through all these different companies that work for the government. But you know, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I work for Dell," but really, it's like the NSA or the CIA or some right. other no, yeah. mm-hmm. agency and things of that nature. And then it goes into you know talks about like. Uh, like his internal struggle and things of that nature and all of that fun stuff. So, and it talks about how he essentially got the stuff out, 
how his whole plan for getting out and trying to go to a different country and whatnot, how all that was foiled and things of that nature. So if I was very similar to what the documentary was, Citizen Four and very much so, yeah, Oliver Stone film, yes. Okay, and you know I loved both of those, so this was like, yeah, I should finally read this damn book. Yeah, did Citizen Four make your top ten? Um, thousand percent, I'm sure it did. I know Snowden did uh, because I recently went through that list. uh, I don't know; it should. I don't know if I saw it the year it came out. Right, that's what I'm Uh, saying. I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm just wondering. Uh, so this is very, I mean, it's still it's one of those things because there's so much been, so much has happened since Snowden. It feels like an afterthought almost, but it shouldn't be forgotten. This is a big ass fucking thing. Oh, yes. It's yeah. still very much in our minds, but yeah. have so many other problems. Yeah. It's funny because I also, this year I also read. Uh, Who you tell it? I think it's called readme.txt, which is Chelsea Manning's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, same concept about uh, leaking. <laughs> Stuff from the uh, whistleblowing, yeah, whistleblowing. Yeah. So, fun stuff. It's been a good year. It's been a good year for depressingly realistic things. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. So. All right. So that's what's it called again? Permanent record. Well, uh, so can I ask you something real quick? So I know. Hey, you, go ahead. Uh, about this book, because I realize you haven't said much. Um. I, I mean, people know. But imagine if you've seen out there audiences, if you've seen the documentary and stuff, and you've been, you've seen the, the the Oliver Stone film, which I know you have, Luke. What does this show you that those haven't, those don't? Um, I think honestly, it's just it's more details and more of like how how, how things worked, and I guess what he was uh, thinking about at the time, things of that nature. Okay, it's uh, it's more personal in a way. Okay, so it's more okay. That's great. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Uh, not that I, not that I, that's what I expected. I'm saying I just wondering like what's. Like, if you've seen those already, if you're like, do you, should you read this? But if you want to get into the headspace, that's important. Okay. Pretty much, that's what I wanted to see, is get into his headspace. Okay. It's a very kind of a conflicting topic for me, as you know, throughout all the years. Yeah. So would you, would you have, would you have done this? I don't know. If you were in his shoes. Honestly, I don't think so. But I don't know. I would never have that kind of prettiness. To... Right. I mean, not specifically, like, go to Russia and hide out. There. You know, I'm not saying do all that exactly, but, like, would you whistleblow on something as huge as, you know, would you try to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you, I mean, it makes me think that way when uh, I saw those doc- documentary and yeah. that movie, you know, so. But mm. the, the funny part is, though, the U.S. government actually went and tried to sue him for releasing this book. And in a way, they kind of promoted it even more because <laughs> of, like, the Streisand effect. Um, first of all, I, I know that I know the effect, but what's the what's the Streisand effect? What is that? Uh, the Streisand effect. It was. Um, How is that based? What does that mean? It's, let me I mean, I know what it means. Basically, but. Barbara Streisand tried to have some pictures of her like deleted because mm-hmm. since she was like violating her privacy, and because of because um, it got so much publicity, everybody and their mother ended up getting those pictures. Oh, I, I, I guess we're not flattering pictures of her. Right. No, I'm guessing it's like a, a, a controversial topic that happened decades ago, I'm guessing. The Streisand effect? Yes. No, it was like in the early 2000s. Oh, so there were old pictures of her. Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't know any of this. That's what I'm asking. Like, what is the Streisand effect? I'm like, I never heard of this. Oh, it was pictures of her mansion in Malibu. She didn't want people to see it. So because 
she, oh. she was saying she, she one of those pictures erased or gone mm -hmm. people were like well what are these pictures and people were more interested no i get that i get now i get it i just didn't know what that was that that where the name came from i just didn't know that yeah. uh, okay so that's cool so that's uh sorry now give me the whole title of the book again and then permanent record by one edward snowden okay Check that out. It is your number five. My number five is also a book. Ooh. It's a tome. This is a motherfucking tome. Uh, although I guess it didn't, I don't know. It felt pretty tomey to me. Um, it's called uh, Children of Ruin. And this came out in 2019. It is a science fiction novel by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Um, he made um, his, this is a sequel, by the way. Uh, this, the first book he wrote was on the, in the series. It's called Children of Time. I said Children of Ruin, didn't I? You said Children of Ruin. Okay, sorry. Children of Ruin is the sequel. Children of Time is the original. And that made my top 10 la the year previous. Yes. Um, and there's another one called Children of something. Memory. Children of Memory. That's the third one. Um, I'm going to read the thing here. It's a, it's a little lengthy, but it's, I think it's worth it because this is, a, this is a complicated science fiction. It's very adult, mature science fiction stuff going on here. A long time ago, humanity spread out into the stars with the aim of terraforming other worlds for future colonization. In one, sorry, in one of these star systems, two, habitat, two habitable planets were found. On one, alien life was discovered, but it was not as primitive as it first appeared. The other planet was covered in ice and was terraformed into an ocean planet. One of the terraformers introduced genetically modified octopus to the ocean planet, which developed their own civilization. Thousands of years later, the descendants of humanity and their new arachnid allies follows a mysterious radio signal to a distant star, hoping to find the society of another of mankind's legacies. What they find is a system in chaos as warring factions struggle against the tide of what the terraformers awoke long ago. That is roughly the synopsis of Children of Ruin. If you guys remember, Children of Time is the book where they basically uh, gave sentience to spiders. Yes. It's, it's the sentience Jesus. to spiders. Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. It's an, a fascinating, amazing book. I recommend everyone to read it. I know, Rafi, you're going to get really weirded out by that, so don't read it, but otherwise read it. Uh, <laughs> read it. They make religion. They make all this stuff. They kind of do the same thing. They follow a planet where it's octopus that are the... Octopi? Octopi. No, octopuses. Oh, my. Octopuses, actually. That's the... Oh, I know it sucks that it's not octopi, but it's the plural. Is different. Anyway, um, and it's about their civilization, how they started, you know, their origins, their civilization as it stands, the warring fashions that they are. Uh, how do the two brains and the octopus, that is traditionally what we know of, like how do they evolve as smarter beings? Um, they literally fight within themselves because they have multiple brains. It is a fascinating book in very different ways but in same in detail as Children of Time was for me. Um, it is a, it's a great fucking sequel. Um, I wouldn't say it's better than the first one because that first impact is still that first impact, but uh, I really, really dug. And there's also, um, there's also like definitely a continuation of the first book of those people uh, that survived the events of the first book, of course, and the humans and the arachnids living together and the AI that is in their operation system, right? And it's those evolvements too. Like how do how does AI evolve? How does a, a voice in your ear evolve over thousands of years? And it's guys, it's super heavy sci-fi. It's so interesting. I love it so much. I can't wait to read the third one. I took my time with this one because uh, I really wanted to soak in as much as possible. So that's why I'm reading them very slowly. I don't know when I read the third one. Hopefully this year. Um, but I already have it like ready to go. <laughs> so. 
Um, anyway, that's Children of Ruin. It is the uh, I don't know what the trilogy is called. Children of series. I think but... it's the Children of Time Ruin. Uh, Children of Time trilogy or maybe book uh, series. That's what came up. Children trilogy, it. I would call it, but they all have children in the title. But anyway, check it out, everyone, if you're interested. Uh, this one's not as bad as the first one. It's only 597 pages. So check it out. And um, how many? 597. Five, oh. So cool. So you're you're both. Both your books have been won this Hugo Award, and I'm like, "What are Hugo Awards?" And I'm looking it up now. It's sci-fi yeah. heavy. That's all about right. So what I'm just saying because it's they both your books that you two books that you guys have recommended so far. So this is how you lose the time war, right? Uh huh. And then this one, Children, Children of Ruin, Ruin, both won one for one 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 for best series, and the other one is one for best novella. Oh wow, that's cool. Uh, I know. It's, inter- it's interesting. Uh, just interesting. Uh, uh. Yeah, this one had a lot of critical acclaim for sure. That yeah. one did. This I is mean, all it's, new it's books. This came out twenty nineteen, guys. So it's not at all. It's not that old at all. So, uh, all right. So check those out. That's my number five, Brof. What's your number five? Yeah, my number five is a uh, not a book, hmm. but uh, instead a show that basically, um, and it's also my my number five is an homage to my TV show number five because it's a TV show also, but, um. This is a uh, a Korean drama that I've been recommending to everybody, and actually, I think all of you guys should watch it. Um, I think it's just a really cool, um, cool story and the way it's explained and the way it's going. And that's uh, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and I'm telling you that, Luke. Okay, it's okay to not be okay. Um, this not, is uh, not too much longer, okay, Luke. So right. get get going to being this okay. Is, I'll read you the quick the, the synopsis. Wow. It says um, <laughs> an extraordinary road to emotional healing opens up for a selfish, antisocial children's book writer and a selfless psych ward caretaker when they cross paths. Um, yeah, essentially, it follows and um, it follows. Uh, man, I'm gonna butcher some names. It follows uh, Moon Gang Tae, uh, Go Moon Young. Uh, Mung Sang Tae uh, and uh, Nam Yung Ri, who oh, and Lee Sang In, yep, exactly. Uh, follows them. They're the main five people in the show, mm-hmm. and uh, they are uh, essentially the the main two, which is the children's writer. She's this uh, heavy, like you almost want to call her goth, but she's not. She's very boundary heavy, very um, also like. Progressive. Not pro- I say progressive because it feels progressive, but it's also very. Um, she's uh, she's willing to like, hey, I put myself before everybody, right? But in a good way, also in a bad and a good way. Good way because you know she puts herself because and she's just like, well, I put my emotional well being, my mental health well being, all of that stuff ahead of everything, right? But be- bad because she she only cares about herself. She only cares about herself, so she's very self centered. Right. Compared to the other one who is always taking care of his um, her uh, I mean, his uh, brother who's um, mentally challenged, um, autistic on the spectrum and ton of other stuff. And uh, yeah, so and he's very selfless and complete opposite. He just doesn't, you know, so they kind of work very well with each other. But and it's like their story really is them working through their problems and how they kind of help each other and their insecurities and uh yeah it's it's a really cool story um obviously it's very tropey because you know koreans like to well i think especially like uh japan and koreans like to take a lot of like from uh 
what they think uh, Americans like specifically. But they are uh, the 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 story basically takes a lot of uh, it is it is a it's a, it's a drama, so it feels kind of like a like a soap opera ish kind of style. They have some of those styles of things, you know, that's going on. Um, but for the most part, it's actually a really cool story, and it's a really cool thing to see theme that thing theme to see of them pushing each other to be better and how to grow and how to see what um, what's good about uh, being able to have all these uh, things to empower each other and get through all of your uh, problems without having to see a psychiatrist, right? Because that they're like their own psychiatrist or therapist. And it's actually really cool just to see that there's people out there for you and people willing to help you if you're willing to um, look for the help and willing to be able to go through the help as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a really cool journey. It's about 16 episodes. Um, yeah, I uh, I dig this. This is the one show when someone asked me, uh, is there any uh, Korean dramas I should watch? Usually this is the show I end up telling people, this is the one you should watch if you want to get into Korean dramas. It's uh, heavy. It's heavy, heavy on the drama. Um, and it's uh, it's just really, I. Th- it's really, uh, what's it called? Uh, really intensive on the on the fact that it's uh and and how and what what they're going through and how they manage to go through it uh don't get me wrong obviously it has like i said it's still very korean drama-ish so it just still has that flair to it um which i think adds to the nature of it being easier to watch uh but yeah this is uh it's okay to not be okay on i saw it on netflix but it is not a netflix original it is what's own original but available on netflix but it is available on netflix correct I need yes. all the healing. Yeah, the corn in the market on that shed for sure. So they are, yeah. They bought a ton of licensing for stuff, but they also make a ton of stuff. Yeah, for Korean dramas. But yeah, um, definitely okay. when you watch it, it's a great show. How many seasons? It's only one season. Okay, it's a good. it's a completed season. Got it. Okay. Came out in twenty twenty. That's your number five. All right. Um, what's it called? It's okay to not be okay. Sure. All right. Check it out, guys. Please. I'm I'm interested. I want to check it out. Um trying to save up all this stuff that I want to check out from your lists. Um, anyway, uh, Luke, what's your number four? All right. My number four is yet another book. Okay, good. This one is called... Okay, <clears throat> reader. Shut up, you. Mm-hmm. Tender is the Flesh. Oh, you put this on there, huh? <laughs> yes. By Agustina Basterica? I don't know. Basterica. Um... Uh, so I'm just going to say real quick before you talk about it, because I, de- I also read it in the same year, I think. Yes, I, it was on my honorable mentions. Um, I purposely didn't put it in because I knew it was going to be on yours. <laughs> so that's it. All right. It's a, this is a dystopian novel. It came out in Spanish in 2017 and was translated in 2020 in English. It uh, portrays a society in which a virus has contaminated all animal meat because of the lack of animal uh, animal flesh cannibalism becomes legal hella legal yeah Uh, it follows marcos a human meat supplier Mm -hmm. who is conflicted by this new society and tortured by his own personal losses the first fucking like chapter is mesmerizing because they go into this whole like the tour, right? Yeah, the tour of like how they essentially get these people and how they breed them 
in order to consume them, and it's fucking crazy. I didn't win the Hugo Award, though. Just letting you know. It's not sci-fi. <laughs> Although, dystopian futures, maybe? I don't know. There you go. I don't know. But it is... I don't know. People are telling me, it's like, oh, this is like torture porn or something. I don't know about the porn part, but there's a lot of... It's pretty heavy shit, in a way. Like, I could not put this book down. I had to finish it after I got hooked into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then it was awesome. And then after I read it, I also had to check. I was like, well, when was this released? Because a lot of the, there was a lot of funny similarities in like how people acted in like the city that they would like, like during COVID or something. Yeah. Cause people would literally walk around the city in broad daylight where with umbrellas in this book because they were so afraid of a bird shitting on them would get them infected with this disease because mm-hmm. that's the one animal they could not get rid of was right. the birds yeah <laughs> uh for me that dog scene kind of broke me a little oh my god dog, i don't want to mention that and the ending the ending dude, oh, with the ending the, ending, oh. the last sentence honestly <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, it's fucked up. Has a real gut punch ending. Um, it wasn't gut punching, but it's like the way it's written. You don't know a hundred percent what the main character is actually feeling about a certain other character. Let's say I'm not going to spoil it. I know. And, so, it's... and if you, it gets solidified in the literal last sentence or two. And I'm like, oh my god, bro. Yeah, I, that that would. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a crazy book. Yeah, it's a crazy book, and it's a very fast read from what I remember. Or I just. Yeah. Pretty easy read, yes. Pretty easy and fast. So, it's, it's not. So, it's like a novella almost. I'm on, yeah, I'm on um, Amazon, right? And it says, Tender is the Flesh. The dystopian horror everyone's talking about TikTok made me buy it. That's literally what it says. <laughs> I first saw it on TikTok too. That's why I got it. I think I heard about it on TikTok too. Yeah. No, not TikTok, the sequel, the first TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shut up. Anyway, that's great. That's great that it made your list. Um, I didn't want any duplicates on the discoveries list, so I'm like, we can't have that. So I took. I mean, it's not like I would have made my. We probably wouldn't have made it anyway. But it's 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 interesting. Anyway, uh, that's your number. What is it? Four. That's number four, sir. All right, my number four. It's a documentary, not unlike the whole Snowden thing. Um, it is Navalny. Navalny that came out in 2022. Nice. This is one of the movies that I watched and uh, trying to catch up. I, d- I didn't even catch up in time for the top 10 of that year. But I saw it this last year in the 2023. Uh, have you guys seen it? No, but I've been thinking about it. To watch, watch it. I mean, it's really up your up your alley. No, it's, not about, it's not about privacy, but it's... Um, you said Navalny? Navalny. N-A-V-A-L-N-Y. Um, follows the man who survived in an assassination attempt by poisoning with a lethal nerve agent in August 2020. During his months-long recovery, he makes shocking discoveries about the attempt on his life and, desi- and decides to return home. This is directed by Daniel Rohr. Uh, obviously, it stars Alexei Navalny and his wife and many of his people, his cohorts and stuff. It's about the Russian government, essentially. Um, it's about the opposition leader for Putin in Russia. Obviously, he's very modern. This, this, he was, this assassination attempt was in 2020, and that's when the, the documentary is like filming and stuff up until... Let's just say certain events that are very much true and it's still ongoing right now uh, happened. And I'm not going to spoil real life right now but for you, but the documentary is amazing, captures really interesting footage. One particular scene blew my fucking mind as to 
A, how they got this guy on the phone, and B, what the fuck they got him to say. And that's all I have to say about it. It is, it is, it is depressing and hopeful at the same time as far as our current world stage of leaders and how treacherous all that can be if you're the opposition, if you're the the underdog, right? Um, and I'm not saying Navalny is a perfect man or anything. He wouldn't say that either. But the way he is rising and, and the hearts and minds of the Russian people that don't like Putin, which is most people, um, it's, 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 it's amazing. That's part of the hope that's in the movie. But again, it's very much not hopeful also. So it, it dishes both equally. Uh, I do recommend it. It's a documentary, like I said. I think it won Best Documentary of that year. I'm not 100%. Uh, I believe but, it did. But Navalny is uh, gets all the praise, in my opinion, because yeah, of the subject matter and what they're able to get. Um, and and the way that the documentary is filmed too is very. It's much more. Um, it's streamlined. It's it's, uh, it's a good pace to it. I, I liked it a lot. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I watched, and that's on that. I don't know where it's at actually. Shit, it's on HBO Max. It's on Max. Hey, so check it out, guys. On there, um, it is Navalny. That's my number four. Roth, your number four. My number four is also a documentary hey, hey. that I saw earlier in the year uh-huh. that I've been um, just kind of flukishly came through. It's uh, and I talked about it in our one of our recent discoveries or whatever that we did, which was uh, meet me in the bathroom. Um, that's the uh, what's called uh, the New York scene in the early two thousands and how the generation that generation kicked started the rebirth of the New York scene. Um, which basically talks about, um, what's it called? Um, I can't think of the names of the bands anymore. Jesus Christ. I'm horrible. Um, the, uh, what's that band name? It's Julian Casablanca's band. I can't, I can't think of the name of it. I listen to them all the time as well. That's the worst part. But, um, yeah. So it's essentially, it's, it starts out what I, what I really dug about this documentary is, it shows because this is pre nine eleven, and then it goes after, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's what I thought. Uh, what, what I dug about the the strokes, by the way, but um, this talks about the documentary. It really, it really highlights uh, this like, um, not nah, the found footage is not the right thing. It's this hmm. uh, this very um, this very someone's toaster oven went off. Yeah, my wife's toaster <laughs> oven. Insane. Being this, fresh this, this very yeah. uh, what's it called? Um, uh, very personal homemade video, like, Hey, I'm just recording this, that fun, uh, scene kind of thing with these two band, with these two, uh, band members who are starting off and they're just, and it feels like that's what you're going to get the whole time. And then it obviously it progresses into like other stuff. You do get a lot of that, but not as shaky. And it just, it progresses later into just seeing more of like how the bands, um, go on, like along with Interpol, like said, so the strokes, um, James Murphy, who's, uh, has like three different things going on he, from music producer to has like three other bands that I can't even keep up a name with. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the, how the band started, how they had like, uh, what's it called? How they progressed, how they helped new, uh, the New York scene kind of kick back up, you know, from, um, from prior, you know, glory that they had. Uh, really cool uh, documentary that just highlights that a lot. Um, the ins and outs, the falling outs, the Napster era, the LimeWire era, you know, and stuff like that. Because it is all in that era, you know. Um, and then like these these uh, 
bands and just cool to see how like they talk about some of the bands how they're gonna get big or they're expected to get big they're like on mtv and they're doing all these things and then you find out you're like oh well they still undersold like by like a million copies that they were supposed to sell of of, um, an album and but they're still gigantic people now like you know or they they partner up with other things it's just like it's just to see how the music trends change and all this other stuff uh really cool uh little documentary it's on showtime give it a watch if you like that type of music um it's my style of music if you like the strokes and stuff like that um yeah really dug it the meet me in the bathroom kind of a weird title but at the same time kind of dope yeah, no, I like that title. I remember thinking about that title. Like, oh, I got, when you were describing it the first time in that recent Discoveries episode. I don't know when, but yeah. Um, excellent. That's, where, where is it available? Showtime. Showtime, thank you. Anytime. Um, uh, anytime, Showtime. <laughs> um, all right, that's your number four. Luke, your number three. We're in our home stretch here. Number home three, Luke. stretch it is. Oh, boy, this is uh, another long title. <laughs> you don't yeah. say. Better write all this down. I know you have been, I think, but you said you were. Yes, I have. Okay, good. I haven't checked. But I believe you. Oh my god! Come on, why did it... I just lost? Okay, there we go. Lost that is that long that you're forgetting it as you're reading? It... Yes. Okay. This is called <clears throat> "Fight Magic Items: The History of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and the Rise of Japanese RPGs in the West." There's a book. This is a book. Another book. Put a link on this. What's up? Put a link in the chat. I want to see it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What's that's what it is. This guy I mean, decided yeah. to uh, write a book about the entire history of, well, or a good chunk of history about Japanese role-playing games. And it goes off with, you know, starting off like about just, you know, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, but then into other uh, things like Chrono Trigger, Fantasy Star, Earthbound, Pokemon, Fire Emblem, Persona, Tales, the Lunar series, uh, Sudokan series, and all these things, and how people from one company would go to the other, and how you have these like mashups of like developers from Company A go to meet with Company B, and mm-hmm. all these things. Now, granted, I was never big into Japanese RPGs back in the day. When uh, are you still? Are you now? Uh, more so, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I don't think you ever talk about them, really. Yeah. Well, usually, I, if I do, it's going to be just between me and Greg. Okay. Who I think sometimes is on the show. So, because I know he's like the Japanese RPG guy. He's the RPG guy. But yeah. Yeah. So. So he would be my. Uh... He was in our first year in 2016. That's the last time he's on the show. Oh wow! Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. hot minute. Yeah, but it's a great book. Honestly, I I loved it. Just the whole chronological uh, thing about of the entire genre. I literally kept a list of games or series I wanted just to try out because of this book. That's great. That's great. It's a hefty list, but uh, I plan on trying to play some of these games one year. Awesome. So, so if you uh, if you like video games, and somehow don't play a lot of video games, like I did this year or last year, mm-hmm. at least reading up. I don't know how helps. I beat everyone in video games. I'm like the least video gaming. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's great, though. That's great. That's great. Yes. Um, that's your number three, right? What's it number called again? Na- name it again. Yes. Fight magic items. Mm-hmm. The history of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and the rise of Japanese RPGs in the West. Damn. By Aiden Moher. Check it out, guys. 
Um, my number three is also a book, a much shorter book in title and in length, probably. <laughs> it's called The Parade. It is by Dave Eggers. This is the guy who uh, wrote the famous book, The Circle, uh, which oh, was made into a movie that. with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson, um, which I did see and I didn't like. Um, didn't like that much. I liked. I remember I defended it the most when we reviewed that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in looking back on it, it doesn't hold favorably in my mind. But uh, I haven't read that book yet. This is my first Dave Eggers uh, exposure. Uh, here, I'm going to read the description here. It's a, it's also a paragraph, but I, I figure it's just better just say the fucking synopsis. Uh, four and nine are partners working for the same company sent without passports to a nation recovering from 10 years of civil war. Together, operating under pseudonyms and anonymous to potential kidnappers, they are given a new machine, the RS-80, and tasked with building a highway that connects the country's far-flung villages with the capital. Um, and then from there it goes a lot further. Uh, nine, uh, but nine is an agent of chaos, speeding ahead on his vehicle, chatting with locals, eating in nearby bars, roadside food stands. He threatens the schedule, breaks protocol, and endangers the work that they must complete in time for a planned government parade. Hence the parade. His every action draws Four's ire, but when illness, corruption, and theft compromise a high stakes mission, Four and Nine discover danger far greater than anything they could pose to one another. Um, I have it right here, actually. Well, no, I had it right here. It's over there. Never mind. Uh, it's a short book. It's basically a novella. It's like a couple hundred pages, not even. And um, it's a really easy read. It's all, and it has a very similar, uh, they're, they're very different books, Luke, but there sim- there's a similar style or like a holding back of certain information, let's say, in the same way that Tender is the Flesh is the same. Hmm, so like, uh, there is a there is a distancing from the writing. I want to say uh, it's hard to describe. I, I know there are words for all this. I'm not the biggest whatever. I just like to read, and I know what they feel like, and that's all I got. But I don't know what words mean for everything. I don't know the words for it. But uh, it is like a you know the fact that their names are not names, they're numbers, and it's very a detached form of like it almost feels like a one giant parable. It feels like a it feels like a story. A cautionary tale. It feels like something you warn others, like a book to warn others. It's also about social change. It's about uh, foreigners in a foreign land kind of thing or uh, Westerners in a foreign land. Uh, you never know the country you're in. It's all made up, but it's, it's it feels like so many countries after their civil war in our day and day. So it's very much akin to our geopolitical landscape that we've had here in decades and, and centuries here um, in this world. But like, it's all enoughly separated. You don't that there's no specific fingerprint that we can identify. Uh, the only thing we can identify is exactly what they go through is similar to what others have gone through. Um, there's no names, like I said, no titles, no countries, no flags like that. But it is. Uh, but you can input whatever you want, and that's part of the fascination of reading the book. Um, and also, just like Tender as a Flesh, the last sentence changes the entire outcome. Oh man, it is so good. Um, and it is a little heartbreaking, but also like it has this hopeful energy because you have your own interpretation of the main character who is four. You're basically following four uh, the whole time. Um, and he hates nine and all that shit. But like you follow four and his thoughts mainly. And uh, and you kind of agree with him for the most part. But you often want to see like, ah, can we just go over there? But nope, you're stuck with him. And um, And you get a certain notion of what he is. And that gets, I don't want to say shattered, but that gets changed along the way. Um, and I want to say for the better, you know, so I really liked it. Again, it's my first exposure of Dave Eggers and maybe this kind of book as well. And this kind of small contained 
uh, fashion anyway. And I really, I really dug it. Really hit me in the right spot. This is the parade. Check it out, guys. I got it on sale at Barnes and Noble actually. So, uh, so it was a blind buy for me. And I just there you go. You know, uh, TikTok did not recommend this one. Okay. So that's my number three. Raf, what is your number three? Yes, my number three is a show. What actually a show like? Um, I saw the beginning of the year, and I think I started it with you, Oscar. To be honest with you, oh, and I really? just never got around. I don't. I don't know if you got around to it, but I did. And oh, that is uh, Fleischman is in trouble. I knew it. Yeah, Fleischman's in trouble. Um, Fleischman? Fleischman. Fleischman. It's like um, a Jewish name. Yeah. Jesus. Anyways. F- fucking um, Fleisch- write this down. Fleisch- I know, I know. F-L-E-I. Yeah, it's a Hulu Schmin. FX. Schmin. Um, yeah, Toby Fleischman knew what to expect when he and his wife of almost 15 years separated weekends and every other holiday with the kids. Some residual bitterness and the occasional moment of tension in the air co-parenting negotiations. Um, this is starring Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, Adam Brody, um, and the two kids, which is uh, Mira Mahoney-Gross mm-hmm. and uh, Gross, and then Maxim, uh, Maxim Swinton. Uh, also has uh, what's called uh, Josh Radnor. Do you know who Radnor or Radnor? Not off the top, no. I'm sure if I see him, I'll know. Uh, how about your mother? Uh, Ted? Yeah. Okay. Mosby. I only ask because I know every other name. Yeah, I know. I and figured, then his I, is I, the I, only I actor whose name I don't ever know. This, this is um, <laughs> essentially, it's it's this, man, I, this this is the one that like I kept like thinking about throughout the year. And um, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch. It's um, It's a hard watch, but it's also like you just can't stop watching. It's like this train wreck kind of happening. Um, and it sucks because it's really about this guy. Um, well, well, first of all, I'm going to say it. It's narrated by one of the characters in the show, which is uh, Lizzie Kaplan, who plays Libby Epstein. Like her, his ex-best friend or something, right? Yeah, like his, exactly, like his ex-best friend, who is also like... You know, I remember that first episode. It was impactful. I don't know why I never went back to it. I just, yeah, very impactful. Um, and it's uh, it's essentially, it follows uh, Toby Fleischman, who's, uh, what's his name? And he's... Uh, He's this doctor who has a great job in Manhattan. He's a doctor. Um, Blows up on Tinder and shit. Uh, yeah. Right, right, right. And he's very successful. He has two kids. He's his wife. His wife is very successful as well. And uh, it's just he ends up, he's already separated. He lives on his own. Um, and he's supposed to meet up with his uh, wife to hand off the kids. And his wife's just nowhere to be found. And now he has to rearrange his whole plan, everything. Um, and then you find out little by little, like this undoing of like this, uh, how the relationship was came undone and where it had happened, where it all fell off. And you see all these things and just like these little separations, you find this, um, this story about like just how, how they ended up becoming separated. Um, mm-hmm. and I think Claire Danes does a fantastic job as well, um, and how they how they get separated, and how it came to that nature, and basically, the the big the first half of the the first the what is it, I think it's eight episodes eight episodes so like the first five episodes for sure it's just really on Jesse Eisenberg's perspective, um, uh, Toby's perspective, and you see a lot of it, and he's just kind of living through this scenario, which is like he has to take care of his two kids for the summer, and they were supposed to have this camp, and they were supposed to do all these things, and, and his wife's nowhere to be found. She doesn't answer her phone, and no one's answering her. Him, and he's 
and he's got to work and he's got to do, and it's just this whole upheaval in his world. And he's doing everything for his kids. And, and it's like, you feel for the guy. And it, I mean, it, this hits me extra hard because, you know, I'm a father and it hits me hard because there's uh it feels so real and it does feel like really, really like, obviously I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not any of those things that, or she's a, um, what's it called? Uh, she's, um, what's it called? A uh, uh, manager for, uh, actors and manages a group of, uh, a company for, for actors, um, Broadway actors mainly. Yeah. And, um, she, uh, so I, I obviously I don't have those, those jobs, but it does feel very real to the relationship and having the, the emotions and wanting to live through life and him seeing that, well, he separated and now He's like, well, I also want to be with somebody, you know, and he's has divorce papers that he hasn't signed. And there's just so much going on, you know, and like finding out, like, where did it all go wrong? How do we have, you know, why, why are we doing this? For, am I doing the right thing? You know, am I, am I, am I a good person? Am I not? How do I still progress in my life? And what do I want from life? And how does that work with, you know, partnership and everything like that? And yeah, it's a super interesting story. And as you progress, and I, what you haven't seen, Oscar, mm-hmm. um, and you see like this just falling out of um, all of these uh, of that relationship. And once you see that one episode um, and you see the perspective of uh, it is called um, Me Time, which is basically um, what's it called? Uh, Libby. Um, she 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 learns everything about uh, uh, on the other perspective of Rachel's perspective uh claire dane's perspective everything that happened in that in that time frame of and everything that happened with the falling out and so you see that perspective because she's the one who ends up seeing both perspectives right Mm -hmm. and uh and it's actually such a cool episode to be able to get that like dynamic because you're really on you know you're mostly on toby's side because you're getting it all from his perspective and you have to know that there's those two perspectives man the show is so good i can't i can't stress it enough um like i said it's a hard watch and uh, you feel for Toby a lot, and that's why I think the show's meant to do that. But it's also very humanizing, and you feel for Claire in that one episode, um, for Rachel so much um, that you uh, you immediately realize that there is no real villain in in the story. You know, it's just like, um, or there's no real like pointing finger. Yeah, in the moment, sure, but not really for the overall relationship. And, um, and it's really what you do with your actions. And it says a lot. Um, and it stuck with me the whole year. Uh, I would recall scenes throughout the year, like fights that they had, cause you see it and like trying to, trying to be like this, um, out of body experience of like, I'm, I can see this, I can see this is going to be a big issue. Do I want to let this go? Do I want to be able to, you know, like, do I want to further commit on this, uh, on this, uh, this argument do i want to back down should i and there's a lot of that and i recall a lot of those scenes because it's like is that gonna fester later man it's such a good show it makes me think a lot about my relationship and i think it makes people look at their relationship as well um so yeah this is fleischman is in trouble probably hulu's best work on my end uh at least hulu's or fx's hulu's one of the best works that i've seen on fx in a while that's original that's not like an ongoing show currently um from fx but yeah, uh, give it a watch. It's on Hulu. There's no reason why you can't watch it. I'm sure all of you guys have Hulu. So I just had bought Hulu with no ads. Hey, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know why you haven't been using uh, Christie's Hulu because that's what I've been doing. 
I merged my Hulu with my Disney accounts finally. Yeah, I know. I saw. I saw. I uh, I'm about to get Spotify because I actually needs it for work. So <laughs> needs it anyway. Uh, that's Flash Pins in trouble. Uh, check it out. That's your number three. Yes. Uh, Luke, your number two. Oh, all right. Moment of truth. What's the moment of truth? Yeah. I've I've been juggling my number one and number two. It's been so oh, have you? you know I just I switched them in my mind. Are you serious? In my mind. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh wow! Oh, I'm gonna go with my original. Yes, my number two is a gentleman by the name of Caleb Hammer. He has a YouTube channel hmm. by the name of Caleb Hammer, and in 2022 he started doing these things called financial audits oh yeah essentially these people come on his show they give up they give all their bank statements I've heard all their guy. credit card statements all their loan information to this guy and he goes through all of them yells at the people to say why the fuck are you in so much in debt and like well then t- shows them a way how to get out of debt how to set up a budget and how to get out of it and some of these people, it's so cringy, yet weirdly satisfying to watch or listen to. Because uh, he has the YouTube channel then, but he put a bunch of the episodes in a podcast form as well. I spent probably a hundred hours listening to this guy yell at people <laughs> for buying shit. I mean, and it's some, some of them are so, people are like, oh, quarter of a million dollars in student debt. Or people like... Making $300 a month. People with like paying 580% interest rates because of payday loans and things like that. Or people, and, and there's a lot of things like people going through like um, Magic the Gathering problem. Oh my God, that guy. <laughs> I was there for that episode. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting thing, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, there's people that are just like, oh, uh, you know, I'm from, a, they have like a, they immigrated to the U.S. And there was like one couple that like now they're U.S. citizens in a way to just racked up all this debt. And they're like fucked. Or there's people like they're just children of. Uh, there's people that when they were children, their parents would take out loans and stuff under their name and destroy their credit. Yeah. They're like, well, I can't file a thing because my mom would go to jail at that point. Right. Or hey, breaking. Um, that happens a lot in the Latino community. And there's also things of like uh, like there's people that were like Latino or f- like from uh, chi- from China, where their parents were like, "I don't have a retirement plan. You're my retirement plan. It is your job now to take care of me. I took care of you as a child. You have to take care of me when I'm older." Yep. And it's just breaking the some of those things, and you know, he cares, but he just yells at people sometimes, like, "Oh, you're trying to make progress on your." Um, you know, paying off because you're going to come on the show. Then why the fuck did you spend 10% of everything you made on Starbucks? <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally spent a couple hundred hours listening to this guy's prior shows. I actually subscribed to YouTube premium so I could listen to it in the background without having the YouTube app on. <laughs> he That's probably funny. yelled at me for doing that. And honestly, and sometimes I think I'm like, man, if I was on Caleb's show right now, he would be fucking crucifying me for going to 7-Eleven and buying breakfast taquitos. Yeah, I mean, uh, he would yell at me too, trust me. Yeah, so it's a fun show. Uh, Definitely made me kind of look at my finances in a different way. 
the way he's in a yellable way. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. But he actually does care. He actually has people come back on the show. There's one person that's been on there like three or four times. While they're not making the best progress, every time they come back, there's some progress being made. Mm-hmm. It's not at the same. Uh, it's not to the how he originally set it out to be, but. And he just gets them back realigned. Okay, now this is your new dead. This is how you should be tackling it and things like that. Right. Okay. That's excellent. Yeah. All right. What's it called again? What's his name? Uh, Caleb Hammer. C-A-L-E-B Hammer, like the tool, H-A-M-M-E-R. Mm-hmm. And yeah. As a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Okay. Which I found through TikTok. <laughs> of course you did. All right. So that's your number two, Caleb yeah. Hammer. All right. Um... My number two happens to be a number two, like a sequel, even though it isn't. Uh, it is a sequel, technically, of course, it is all that, but it's so polarizingly different than the first one. It's basically an anthology game. Oh, it's a game, by the way, video game. Uh, this video game uh, is uh, called. I don't think you guys have ever played it. It's called Life is Strange Two. I probably own it and know of it, but never played it. Never played it. You guys heard of it, though, right? Yes. yes. This was released in 2018. This is a five-part. This is very similar to a Telltale game, where they're uh, separated into chapters. Uh, there's five chapters to this game and to complete it, and each chapter could be bought separately or all together. You know, uh, so Batman: The Arkham game is similar to that. The, the Walking Dead series is similar to that, uh, where you have to make decisions. Uh, so it's an episodic adventure game uh, made by Don't Not Entertainment and Square Enix. Um, Let's see. The It's main sequel to the Life is Strange series. The game's plot features Hispanic-American brothers Sean and Daniel as they travel along the U.S. West Coast as fugitives from the police after the younger brother discovers his telekinetic abilities. In the game, which is played from a third-person perspective, Sean must make crucial decisions that will lead to different branches in the storyline while serving as a surrogate parent for Daniel who, of course, has the powers. Uh, if you guys ever played the first Life in Strange, it's, it's very similar, very tender, dramatic storytelling full of interpersonal relationships that you either make or is already bedrocked when the game starts that you have to make a decision for. But like, there's always a supernatural element, usually some sort of gift or power uh, that the game has you like flex on and play with along the way. Uh, this one's no different, except that the power's different, and uh, you're not the character that has the power, but you are the character's older brother. Um, uh, the inspirations for this game is Into the Wild and of Mice and Men. Very in the, if you feel those those properties, this kind of feels similar. Um, while the game features supernatural elements, the story is mostly grounded in reality, and the tomb and the team use the opportunity to explore contemporary issues such as racism, gun violence, and bigotry. So yeah, this is like a very tender kind of story, very explosive as well. You meet a lot of different characters, a lot of different people. It's very much a road, a road story, a road tale, a road travel kind of thing. And um, uh, and these two brothers are really like imp- relatable and empathetic and sympathetic. And you often you're often stuck with making a terrible decision too. Um, it's not about what you would do it's what you would do if you were this kid it's different you know it's not exactly what you would do you get to decide up to a point you can't decide anything you want you have to decide between sometimes the two terrible decisions you know one of two terrible decisions so um, it's one of those I think it's the best kind of this version of a game 
it's the best kind of decision making to evolve the story kind of move, kind of game I've ever played. Uh, the first one felt that way. This one feels that way too. So check it out. Life is strange too. Uh, and it's, it's, it's had, it's had, uh, many sales over the years. I'm sure you can find it pretty cheap. Uh, just wait for any, the next sale. Honestly, it'll be very cheap for you. So I recommend it. I, I did play it on the PS5. So check it out. All five chapters of life is strange too. Uh, that is my number two. Raf, your number two. My number two is an anime that um, I got into, thankfully. Um, I actually got into it because I was at a friend's house and his brother was watching it. And I was mm. like, is this good? So it's Mike, right? Uh, no, this is not. This is uh, my friend from work. Damn. And uh, yeah, yeah, you would have never got it. Actually, his name is Oscar, too. Huh. And he, um, his brother's watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch this. Is it good? He's like, dude, it's fantastic. And he's like, I'm going to stop watching it so you don't watch it. Anymore. I was like, okay, cool. And uh, that is um, Bleach, the Thousand Year War Blood War, the Thousand Year Blood War. Um, it's uh, nice. There's two seasons in. Um, I saw the I saw everything from last year. Um, and uh, the first season came out in 2022. So, I uh, it really sticks true to the manga. And actually, what it does a lot is uh, it shows you in the in between the cutscenes or the in the, in the commercial break. And at the end, it actually gives you snippets of the manga. Um, it gives you like a either a shot of the manga of like uh, the, the page. This is where it's from. This is the chapter that we're in, right? Um, or this is the scene that we're, yeah, you just finished watching. This is that, that one scene, the one drawing. Um, and that's how it ends as well. It ends how it, the episode or the chapter or whatever ends. Um, so I, th- I think that's really cool. Just paying like homage very much to, to the manga showing that they're following the manga very heavily. Um, but yeah, this is, it continues on from Ichigo's original bleach stuff. Um, and it really, uh, it brings on this thing with, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's names already. Um, it, it brings up, uh, the Quincy's, the Quincy's, uh, coming back. And, uh, supposedly they've always, they've never, they've just been gone for this long time and they're just been rebuilding, to try to, there's like a sub of um, try to come back against the, uh, the demon, um, what's it called? Uh, the Soul Society. My apologies. And it's what I mean. What, the first two episodes are just like, oh, two, three episodes are just very set up of like what's going to happen and like they're setting up this like big attack. The, the show doesn't stop. And it is just like, let's go. Let's keep going. We're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be in the middle of it. Every episode is phenomenal after the first two three, and it's just you know death, death, death. <laughs> like let's push forward. Um, it's so cool to see them exploit their weaknesses. It um, all these uh, captains and uh, the the fight scenes are phenomenal. The animation is phenomenal. Um, the storyline is really cool. Also, very heavily on the on the religious aspect of it. Um, the one episode of the fire is when you see the, the main captain, um, what's it called? The captain commander, the old man. I don't know if you guys remember bleach at all. Um, but uh, the old uh, man, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. If you sort of remember him, um, he, he comes out, he, he comes out, he's like, well, I fought this guy back when he was like, you know, thousand years ago kind of stuff. Right. Um, he's like, I'll fight him again. And, uh, he comes out fucking full swinging and dude, like that guy's ability is insane. And just what he does and just to see all that amazingness um, is really cool. And yeah, 
Uh, obviously, Ichigo playing a, a huge role in this, per usual. Um, there's one fight scene also. It's called The Battle. Who, um, What's it called? Uh, Kenpachi, which I don't know if you remember Kenpachi, Oscar. Um, he's mm-hmm. the guy with, uh, what's it called? Uh, the super aggressive guy who doesn't know his Zanpakuto's name. With his like the beat up sword because he just beats the crap out of everybody. He looks oh, like the super familiar. spiky hair with the eye patch. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, there's that one battle that he has to fight, and uh, it's quite literally insane. Uh, true to the character, but I would I say it's 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 just so good. Um, it's like I wanted to bring this up in my uh, my uh, top ten TV shows, but for the second season. Um, but I thought the second season was tamer compared to the first one. It just the, the first season has like more oomph, so I saved it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to double dip either, um, yeah. Right. So I held it back. Yeah, I didn't want to put it because I could have easily put it on there for top ten shows. Um, right. It's just that good of a show, to be honest with you. And uh, you can only watch this on Hulu. It's, oh. it's on Hulu only. Um, so that's a little a little saddening because I like to watch all my anime on so on the country rolls. Yeah, but yeah, on Hulu, Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. Um, it's fantastic. The intro is fantastic still. Um, and definitely watch the endings as well. It's just, there's, you can miss a lot of stuff. Cool story, cool story. And it doesn't, it has no fluff. I mean, it's just, let's just go in and out very demon slayer style, but it just has no very little, very little to no fluff at all. Um, all right. so yeah. Question. Yes, sir. I never watched the original bleach aside from that amazing, Live action movie Netflix did. <laughs> Would I be lost? Wait, Netflix uh, did a Bleach live action. Yeah, they did. A, that was one of the first live action that they did. I never fucking heard of it. Um, yeah. Would you be lost? Uh, well, considering I just mentioned characters and you didn't know their names, yeah, I would say so. I remember an um, Ichigo. You remember an Ichigo? Here, I'm going to give you this. Uh, see if it works for you. And uh, yeah, you would be a little lost in my opinion. Okay, so um, you should watch the OG before getting. You should, and I have a website that shows you which. And it's ones good. I remember watch. really, really being into that. I mean, yeah, I while. have a website that shows you which ones you should watch. Oh, the filler websites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I use this all the time, and this is so you don't have to watch anything with fillers in it. I Got it. exactly. All right, so that's your number two, right? Yes, sir. Uh, number two, what's it called again? Uh, ble- uh, Bleach. Thousand Year Blood War. And that's on Hulu. Check it out, guys. Uh, all right, our last ones, uh, number ones, uh, Luke, your number one, Discovery in 2023. Oh, boy. Uh, you what, guys what? want to take a shot at it? Or, oh, uh, well, how about you give us a, con- like, what is it, what type? What's the type? TV show. It's a TV show. All right. TV show. That's all right. Um, is it a done show? Uh, I believe so, yes. That means it's a miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea. I don't know, man. Uh, Give me the, uh, I need a. Is it a Netflix show? Or is it, what's the streaming service? Uh, I don't know. There might be a dead giveaway. Really? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm bad at this. So I don't know. Yeah, I got. I got nothing. Just tell us. Apple, it's on Apple TV. It's an Apple TV, huh? Uh, what would you watch on Apple TV that me and Oscar <laughs> would have? Apple TV Plus. Well, maybe we have watched it. It's just like, you know. Um. Yeah. The quieter room. No. Damn it. All right, that's all I got. You got anything? I mean, no. I could just name all the shows no, that they no. have, but for all mankind. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. It is. 
Ted Lasso. Hey, my guy, Ted Lasso's great. Ah. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, I man. finally got around to watching it while on a uh, trip to the East Coast. And, oh, my God, we binged the entire show up until season three. And Bruce, does this stay current? And then I think I was, I had to watch the last episode in Europe. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> of when it came out, I know. But, oh, my God, it's such a fantastic show. I loved the, the hell out of it. It is hilarious, obviously, because Bill Lawrence is involved. <laughs> And the characters are awesome. And you have some episodes where, you know, you have those heartfelt episodes, those, like, serious episodes. But then, you know, next thing you know, you're laughing your ass off at something stupid. Yeah. And it, it's just such a great heartwarming show. Great for the whole family. All right. It looks like I'll be the third place on watching the show when I get to it. Yeah, man. It's such, it's such a you – you did you finish season three yet or no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I had, to, I had to. I had to. That was actually my. If I was to be on the top ten shows, yeah, that was uh, that was probably going to be my number one show. That was yeah, rock I, number one. That was my, my season number one. three. Yeah, that was my number one. Yeah. Oh, nice, uh, dude. Ted, I, I mean, I, I I love Ted. I can't not. I I really want a jersey. I really want a sweater. I really want all those stuff too. Obviously, just to, to say. I got a. I have a Ted Lasso ramen bowl. Oh, that's so cool! Um, yeah, the the, the things he hypes out, like uh, you know, be a goldfish, uh, believe, yes. all those things, uh, fantastic, man! I just <laughs> live, live, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, it's such a great thing. And then the the hound dogs are right, yeah. and yeah, so I love that. I love that show, Oscar. You'll love it. It's such a great show. Yeah. And don't worry, I don't know anything about soccer or football, and I still don't. But the show makes right, right. No, yeah. It's not, I, I'm not. I'm not. Not watching it because it's about football. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it. That's it. That's it. Oh, I know. I know. Um, there's a lot of shows like that. Yeah. All right. So that's your number one. Excellent pick, uh, according to Ralph and according to many, many people that have told me, oh, "Why haven't yeah. you seen that show yet?" Right. That's Let Tasso. I mean, Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. My number one. Is another video game. I'm telling you, game was big this year. Jesus, big, big, big. This wow, really big. Yeah, like, not the game that broke uh, the bank as far guess? as the hours. Okay, fine. You want to guess? <laughs> it's super obvious. You guys are gonna get it. I don't want to guess. Oh, the only thing I could think is God of War Ragnarok. Oh, that's that's a good guess. No, I did not make it. Um, okay, uh, Bloodborne. <laughs> no, that, I, play, I played that contemporarily. I think 2015 or 2016, something like that. Okay. Um, can I just tell you? Can, let me, let yes. me look at your trophies real fast. Okay, yeah, go look at my trophies. <laughs> the game I played most was uh, a different game. If you look at my number one most played game, hours wise, I'm good. Uh, was it Overwatch it. Two? Um, no, it wasn't. I didn't play that many. What? No, I didn't play that much. I mean, in general, I have. Oh, maybe in general, I there was no Far Cry this year. Right? There was no Far Cry, but I did play Far Cry 6. No, I know you did. No, I didn't. All right. You Let's get one more. It. Come on. The Callisto Protocol. Nope. All right. It's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Nice. This is from software, obviously, in Activision. For, uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is a game that came out in 2019 slash 2020. This is made by Hideka, hmm, Hidetaka Miyazaki, uh, famously known for like making all these hardest shit games. He made the Dark Souls series. Um, Demon Souls, I think, and he also did uh, Elden Ring, which is a huge, huge hit. Probably their biggest hit by far, actually, um, in recent memory, and the most recent game they've made. So I can't wait when they make more. 
Sekiro follows a shinobi known as Wolf, who attempts to take revenge on a samurai clan that imprisoned him and kidnapped his lord. The gameplay is focused on stealth, exploration, and combat, with a particular emphasis on boss battles. No lie. It takes place in fictionalized Japan during the Sengoku period and makes strong references to Buddhism, mythology, and philosophy. Lead director Hidekara Miyazaki wanted to create a new intellectual property that marked a departure from their Dark Souls series, looking at games such as Tenchu for inspiration. So if you play Tenchu or know about that, it's think of it that way, I guess. Um, it is, um, you know, it's funny because I played all the Dark Souls, except for the first one. And um, I know that people love those games with that. I still haven't played Elden Ring. I'm saving that maybe for this year because I know it's going to be another three, 400 hours. And this was about two to three hundred hours I played this game, by the way. Um, I, I think so, like two hundred. I want to say like two hundred. I played it many times. I played every single bit you can possibly play in this game. I got so good at it. That, I mean, and also like you could still die at any moment because it's a hard game. It's all on parrying and dodging and perfect timing of your of your of your um, of your uh, swings and stuff. Uh, it's sword heavy. It's a uh, great great combat mechanics. It is brutal. It is fascinating watching and listening to all these stories as you pick up things along the way. It is so much fun. Um, it is the the game that hit me the most as to it, I wanted so bad to beat this hard boss or wanted to so bad beat this thing or wanted so bad to. And I did it without the fucking bell and without the fucking charm. I and watched people play, play the game. I watched you play it. It looks really fun. I actually yeah. almost made me want to play it to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. And then I also saw they almost had a stream of this on the awesome games done quick. Yeah. Uh, just mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. And the, but instead it was uh, ended up winning to the other game. What's whatever the game. Anyways, I really wanted to watch it. I, I've digged this game. He got disconnected. Anyway. Oh, no. Oh, no worries. Did uh, you play Elden Ring, though? No, I haven't played Elden Ring yet. Oh, you got to uh, check that one out. I know. I'm saving it for a good good time. I just haven't done it yet. So, uh, yeah, I just, I love this game. I love, you got, are you back, Ruff? Yeah, I think so. Well, you got cut off the whole time. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. So, you said uh, something about this game on some other platform? No, I said I just dig this game. I, I really wanted to play it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I made TikTok videos out of the gameplay because it just looks so cool. And I was like, and it feels like such a satis- It feels like such a win when you win, you know, that I wanted to actually put it online, <laughs> show others. And uh, I even uh, went on the, the Reddit, the Reddit for the game, uh, you know, r slash Sekiro, and uh, watching people, like every day people post like, I finally beat the game. I finally beat this impossible boss. I finally beat the Demon of Hatred. I finally beat the, uh, you know, Ishin, um, the final stage of Ishin, which is very fucking difficult. And um, it was amazing. I just love it. Like, it's one of those games where I cheered when you beat those guys. And I love making those videos and posting them. So, yeah, it's a fucking great game. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, it's a great lore also. Uh, really interesting lore. Very, like, harsh kind of environment and you know, hard people doing doing hard times kind of thing. Uh, yeah, very cool. Second of Shadows Die Twice. Uh, I played this on the PS5. Um, that's awesome. my number one. Raf, what is your number one? Uh, my number one sticking to me being me and it is nothing besides something that happened to me in my life. Okay. Uh, my number one is becoming an uncle, guys. I am officially an uncle. Um, go fuck yourselves. I know, Oscar, you were already an uncle 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. 
Um, but no one has made me an uncle, and it took my sister-in-law to do that. Good for me. You guys have already been uncles, so fuck you, like I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never, I'm never having a kid. I'm not only that, but what was that? I'm never having a kid. Yeah, no shit. I mean, um, I shouldn't say never, but... Yeah. Right, right, right. But... Promise? I, uh, <laughs> you say promise? Um, yeah, I uh, I dig it, man. I, uh, I'm i actually the only uncle, um, besides, like, you know, chosen uncles, like friends and stuff like that. Um, okay. The only actual... But yeah, it's uh, such a cool thing to be able to uh, hand this baby off and not change a diaper. It's fantastic. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's so cool. One- Diaper I've changed for two kids. <laughs> That's awesome. One. Yeah, I uh I I dig the fact that I don't have to uh I, I dig the fact that it's that I, I I have I get to be able to just spoil the crap out of this baby of my of baby I say of mine. I really do. I keep I keep coming up and I people keep asking me for like, oh like, you know, I wonder what's wrong with the baby it was Bring, bring me the baby. I, I will. I will console this baby. This baby is mine, you know. And it's um, it's such a great, great feeling to be able to be um, uh, allowed. The, a child is not mine, obviously, at all. But to be able to just uh, you know, help grow this baby because I, I honestly do feel um, it does take uh, a village when it comes to uh, what's it called um, to children, uh, very much so. And uh, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. I'm not having kids, but being uncles, um, I feel like um, it's uh, as it gets progressively later in the years, which is what you guys are coming into. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it does. It does really much, very much so. It takes a village to be able to help grow um, and uh, nurture a child. And I, I really want to be part of that. And uh, I love making my uh, my nephew, my nephew Draven. That's his name. And um, Yes, it's from that movie, The Crow. Um, yeah, The Crow. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric Draven does his last name. Fire it up, fire. Yep, that movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Away and yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I, I love, I love being able to just make him smile. Um, he's such a awesome baby, awesome baby to be around. It really does not that fussy besides just being a baby. But um, yeah, man, it's. Uh, I'm digging. I'm looking forward to being able just to help. I guess that help them, help him grow. Um, being able to be part of his life and uh, hopefully more as well. But yeah, um, I'm very much into old family stuff. So that's a really big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just very, very, very excited. I smile from ear to ear every time I'm around that kid. So, and I have tons of pictures of me and him. So yeah, because uh, obviously, you know. Yeah, no, that sounds good. You're already doing way better as an uncle than I am, for sure. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to say that out loud, but no, no, I'm no. Glad you, I, did. you don't have to. No, no. no I also feels weird to me to say that. I was trying to say that. It feels like I'm no, no, no. I'm, I'm not here to steal your thunder by saying what that. We're all thinking. We're all saying no. It's I. You know what? Everyone's their own person. Um. So it's like I'm not. I'm. I'm never. We're gonna compare. But like I said, it's um. I still think that uh, you're not a bad uncle at all, to say the least. But like I said, it just is one of those things where, um. You know, I hear more and more about talking about just uh, with families and, you know, we're as an adult, especially me, when I had my son, fucking I have no clue what I was doing. Sometimes I'm still to this day. I still think I'm like, I have no yeah. clue what I'm doing. With oh, this yeah. kid, you know, um, all I just try to make sure I do is I teach him as best as I can. And I hope that the people that are surrounded in his life are like his uncles. Both of you guys are his uncles, technically, right? <laughs> um, will help support in my decision making and being able to like 
you know, still be just give him the same message and be there and not just, you know, think that he can get away with everything and stuff like that, you know, but it's all, like I said, it's just, it's very much, I'm, I'm very much on the mindset. Like I said, it takes a village. So, and I'm just willing to, I want that village to grow and I'm part of this village as, or it's part of my village as well. So yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. That's Excellent. my number one. That's your number Obviously, one. Being I an uncle. To, yeah. Being an uncle. Got it. Excellent. Excellent pick. I love it. I love it when Roth does this. Um, yeah. My favorite thing. It makes me feel inadequate. All right. Speaking my of inadequacy, Luke, why don't you give us your honorable mentions? Let's get into honorable mentions real quick uh, here. Oh, boy. That's another list. So I just we said that um, just in case I would say it every year, we have an honorable mentions, of course, but we don't have anything else. Okay. We're not going to say like, oh, yeah, our missed opportunities is everything in the planet. Everything in the planet, right? It has been read. <laughs> I, I, we haven't a, read, seen, heard, or what, you know. like Anything you know, that didn't happen in 2023. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, uh, we're not going to talk about what sucked, but that isn't discoveries. That makes no sense. That's a dumb list. Right. So we're just picking honorable mentions here. We're going to see. You're going to stay too positive. So, uh, Luke, what do you have for us in your honorable mentions list? Um, Artemis, the book. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, tomorrow and Stone Tomorrow Rotary. and Tomorrow mm. book. Uh, readme.txt that's the Chelsea Manning book uh, Recursion, another book I'm Glad My Mom Died by Janet McCurdy, another okay. book Yikes, <laughs> why don't you just say well they're not books Right <laughs> At this um, point <laughs> I mean, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Netflix show Eat the Rich About hmm. the GameStop thing Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, okay. The playlist the movie that came out didn't see it yet uh, Oh, you didn't see it? Okay. No, I saw the movie. Oh, you didn't see the movie. I, I thought you hadn't oh, seen yeah, the movie. My bad. Yeah, I know. I had to. My bad. Yeah, a different perspective, but yeah, I still liked it. Okay. Uh, the playlist, which is about the creation of Spotify. Spotify, yeah. Um, but it's a show, right? Yeah, it's a show. It's like a six-episode miniseries. Um, oh, it's a miniseries. Okay, okay, okay. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, but still. And still then, see, then there's one anime called Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 2. It's a little guilty pleasure. Yeah. You don't okay. say. Yeah. Uh, for movies, we had... Uh, the Dio documentary, Dream, uh, Dio, Dreamers Never Die, Boys in the Hood. Oh, Boys in the Hood, that's right. That's your first yeah, watch this year. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, I forgot. Holy shit. The Grandmaster. Yeah. Oh, and, the Grandmaster, right. And uh, Tar. 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 Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like those. Uh, my uh, discoveries, honorable uh, mentions yeah, a whole are. book, guys, if you can't see. Yep. I have, we have concerns. It's a podcast uh, with Jeff Kanata and I forgot the guy's name. Um, they stopped doing the show back in right before, I think a year before uh, COVID, maybe two years before. And they came back again in 2020, probably because of COVID. I think it was because of COVID. And I caught up to the two, three years of it's, We Have Concerns. Because instead of We Have Concerns, we have bills. And it's a scientific, uh, sci- like a science podcast, but also comedy. Uh, they're short and sweet. They're really funny. I like them a lot. I learned a lot too because I, I I tend to bookmark a lot of topics. Like, oh, this is the new research of this kind of thing, and I'll be like, oh, I'll read up on it later. And that's, that's how you know stuff, guys. Um, I also have I also have Horizon Forbidden West, which is the game that I put in the most hours, probably because it's so big and expansive. But uh, here it is in my honorable mentions. Uh, Tender is the flesh is the it's also there. Uh, Luca explained that one. Fairy Tale is a book by Stephen King. I read that book. came out two years previous. Pretty great book. I liked it a lot. A documentary called All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Bloodshed. Um, oh, about New York in a certain time period with artists and about the opioid crisis. Uh, Good Night Oppie made my honorable mentions, guys, which you all know. We all talked about. 
uh, a game not unlike um, it's another like two D platformer type. It's called Ender Lilies. Have you ever heard of it? No. I played that game too. I really liked it. I had a lot of fun watching or playing that one. Sorry, uh, God of War Ragnarok, another game. A Plague Tale, another game, the original, not the new one. Uh, Far Cry Six, I played the shit out of that as well. Uh, Callisto Protocol, mm-hmm, also. Um, going down to non-games, I read a book called Mr. Magic that I really had fun with. Didn't agree with the ending, but I liked the uh, like getting there. The Nothing Man, also a really good serial killer book through a perspective of a victim uh, that I really enjoyed. Bob's Burgers, I caught up to all of Bob's Burgers. Um, nice. Excellent. Violent Nights, recommendation by Roth here. Yeah. Awesome fucking movie. Was it it? Great Xmas, great Christmas movie. Great fucking <laughs> yeah. Christmas movie. Last but not least, a documentary called The Janes, uh, which is made is being made into uh, a drama historical biopic in this year with, um, I forgot her name, the one that Matt likes. Uh, fuck. No, yeah, not fuck. I, I'll remember her name later. Yeah, but that's her. And like I saw a trailer for it. I'm like, this looks like that documentary I saw. And then it's like the Jane. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, then they get more into like, okay, it's in Chicago. Yeah, but God, I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right. So those are animal. Oh, no, 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 Sorry. Roth, your honorable mentions. Damn. I don't going. have as many of you guys did, but uh, yeah. I still got some. Okay, uh, I saw Legends, uh, Legend of Vox Machina, the show. Those two seasons, uh, not bad. I mean, it's on my list somewhere. You know but... what? It's easy to watch, but it also has the uh, it, it has some issues. But other than that, it's fun watch nonetheless. I put Good Night Oppie on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other only, the other two games I have, one I didn't finish, which is uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, but I'm over halfway. <laughs> And um, yeah, I've been thinking about getting again. back into that one. Yeah, I'll get back into it. You know, to be honest with you, I really want a PS Portal. Oh, like, fuck you! I know, I know. Let's not talk about that. Um, uh, Grand Turismo Seven. I dug the fuck out of Grand Turismo Seven, hmm. but um, I also it's one of those games. Like, can can you ever finish that game? No. Um, right. Final Girls. I dug Final Girls a lot. Oh, I'm glad you did. Uh, Marvel Snap. That's the other game I played. Also, the other card game. Yeah, fuck out of Marvel Snap. But uh, yeah, I can only put one game on there. Um, that from that type of games, in my opinion, obviously, because this doesn't matter for anybody else. Um, and I did put. Uh, I, I almost put it on my top ten TV shows, but I did. I was try. I was. I avoided it on purpose because I. I can't, just can't remember if I did end up watching it. Which is uh, the last season of Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, the mm. the anime, um, right? I was I was rewatching it because I was kind of prepping for the 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 show. I also just wanted to rewatch something, and I dig the fuck out of that show. And I was like, man, I'm watching the last season. I go, did I see this? And I was like, it seems familiar, but I don't remember any of this part, right? And then I was like, no, no, it is. No, I I did see this, and I was like, oh, okay. And I think I did, and I just left it. I was like, I don't know if I did. So really, I'm gonna say I didn't. That's why it's in my, but it's still honorable because nonetheless, that was really good. But uh, I think the first half of that show is really great. Um, don't get me wrong, I love how it ends, but yeah. So that's my honorable mentions. Awesome. Um, and with that, I mean, that's 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 all we got on this show for this last top ten of the year, or yeah, uh, at least of the season. Um, you have been listening to another movie podcast. Um, so we will be taking a break. Uh, for at least a month, probably six weeks. Uh, we have some uh, big plans coming out in March. I have something in early March uh, trip, and you guys have a later March trip. So we're gonna have a show in between. So we're gonna have like we're gonna come back somewhere either right before or around mid March for our comeback show, and uh, hopefully it'll 
be nicely tied around the trip that you guys are going to go uh, in late March. So hopefully it doesn't impede too much on the schedule. We will figure something out. But I definitely want to come back in March. I want to have February off and a couple of weeks after that or uh, like 10 days after that. So um, that's the that's our break. And obviously watch movies, everyone. I already started watching movies from this year, catching up on stuff from last year. We're going to come back with a big like recent discoveries kind of mayhem. We don't know how we're going to do it yet. Maybe the Oscars will be involved. We're not sure. Uh, I'm playing it by ear a little bit. I definitely want to touch base on all the movies we've been watching since our last review, which was in December. So uh, I definitely want to bring back with that and then see what else we have in stock for you all. And also, we have a lot of marathon ideas coming up in the pike. Uh, We'll probably start back with our anniversaries like usual to get it out of the way and have that nice going. But uh, uh, Roth and I and Luke have talked about some other alternative, bigger marathon ideas that can be streamlined better and faster. So uh, check us out um, uh, after the break. Until then, I'm Oscar. And Luke. And Ralph. See you later. Bye. 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 What the hell was that?